happy. I don't consider today opening day, if I'm being honest with you. We know how opening day works in Baltimore. Bring that music down, please, a little bit. We know how opening day works. It's when they play a baseball game in Baltimore, that's opening day. This is the first baseball game of the season. And in other cities, it's opening day. But opening day, this is a very difficult thing for me. I don't use the term opening day for the first day of the baseball season. The term is for when the Orioles play a game in Baltimore. In Sheboygan, they might consider today opening day. I don't know what they do in Sheboygan. I'm going to be watching a baseball game today. That's fine. And I'm going to care. All good. I'm not telling you you shouldn't. I just don't use the term myself, opening day. Opening day is a holiday. Opening day is a day of festivities. Opening day is not a day where we're sitting in our office, you know, watching the Massena app. That's not opening day, especially because I don't know if the Massena app works. But <laughs> that's a problem for another day. Not going to be one I have to deal with. I'm out. I'm out after today's show. Hi, it's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. And Prince Charles is here as well. A lot to do. We will talk about the start of the baseball season. Ryan Ripkin, our friend uh, from 105.7 The Fan, is going to check in with us a little bit later on. Also, we'll talk about the start of baseball season from a betting perspective. Our friend Christian Horton is going to join us, the uh, manager of the Barstool Sportsbook at the Hollywood uh, Casino in Perryville. We'll check in and talk about betting baseball. Jameis Winston is scheduled to join the program this morning. Uh, Of course, obviously, Saints quarterback, former Heisman Trophy winner, and most importantly, Ed Block Courage Award winner. After he dealt with a a torn ACL in 2021, worked his way back, he's going to check in with us. But we'll talk about other things. We'll talk about Lamar. We'll talk about uh, Todd Munkin, who he uh, obviously worked with in Tampa. I'd like to figure out a way to talk about crabs. I haven't figured are out we, exactly are, are you allowed how to, to. I haven't figured out exactly how to soft pedal it, right? Because like I feel like we should be able to have fun with it at this point. You're literally associated with this product and now coming to Baltimore. Like there couldn't be in a more obvious tie in there. But I don't know exactly how to do it. I don't know exactly I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to take a shot at him. I think it's hilarious in hindsight that the dude got in trouble for you can now make millions of dollars. <laughs> millions of dollars if you're the quarterback at Florida State. Millions! Guy got in trouble for some crab legs. It's stupid. It's insane. So, I, so I'm hoping that there might be a, a way. We'll, we'll see. We'll feel it out and see if there's a way to have fun okay. with it. Because I also would like to do it on stage on Saturday night at the Ed Block Courage Awards, which I will be hosting with my friend Wally Williams, former Ravens offensive lineman. Uh, we got a great night uh, in store at the uh, Renaissance Harbor Place. Seriously looking forward to being a part of that. It's quite an honor for me. I've had to manipulate my entire schedule around it. That's fine. It's totally fine. I'm happy to do it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, And also this morning, uh, we are scheduled to catch up in just a few minutes with Chad Ryder from NFL.com. We will get our weekly NFL draft segment in. So that is all on the way here on a Thursday edition of GCR. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, I've allowed others to set Lamar meter the last couple of days. I am going to retake those responsibilities here this morning because everybody else has screwed it the F up. Putting it back to zero? No, 
was never at zero, Griffin. It did, however, dip down to 39% for all of about five minutes the other day before I realized, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but I decided I would leave it there because I respect the process. 82% is where Drew Forrester moved the Lamar meter. And I get it. I understand what Drew is saying. What is the path? As I keep reminding everyone, I think there is more of a threat of something, there's still being some turn to all of this than we want to acknowledge, whether that is the Indianapolis Colts waking up in the morning as soon as the team trades in front of them and gets number three and saying, we don't like the fourth quarterback in this draft. Somebody, someone significant mock draft this week had Will Levis falling significantly. Like, there are some of these more scout, I can't remember who it was, but there are more of these scout types that would tell you we think that Levis and Richardson are both being pushed up by demand for quarterback and their value isn't worthy of that. If the Colts were to feel that way, then it would make all the sense in the world for them to be the team that says, let's figure out a way that we can pull this off with Lamar Jackson. But if they don't, if they feel strongly about Anthony Richardson, there are, there are other people that think Anthony Richardson could be the best quarterback in the draft. Remember our friend Daniel Jeremiah saying, well, he's either going to be amazing or he's going to be a bust. Like, he's either going to be a superstar or he's going to stink. I don't know what it's going to be, obviously. Believe it or not, they don't, uh, they don't tell me that. I think that could still be in play. I still think that it could be in play that at some point a team that doesn't get a quarterback in the draft after the draft is over, looks back and says, if they're still struggling in Baltimore to get something done, let's just go make a deal. Let's just go say, we didn't come away with a quarterback. They don't want next year's picks, but they don't have a choice at this point. They're being held up. Let's both get our quarterback that we didn't get in the draft, and let's throw them a life preserver at the same time. Or there's still the possibility that I keep talking about that a lot of Ravens fans don't want to. It's so easy for a Ravens fan to say, Lamar Jackson would never hold out. It's going to cost him $32 million. That's insane. I keep trying to tell you the same two things. One, I don't know if whatever I, I get, everything that we know about Lamar Jackson now he's handled business would make us think that they are not the most savvy folks in Lamar Jackson Enterprises. I'm sure we're going to see that interview any day now, by the way. I'm sure any day now we're going to get to that interview. That was t- What in the hell? It's two weeks. I feel like at this point it's that Good. plane that went missing. We're going to have a documentary on Netflix in a month about the interview that never was. It's a good tease. It's a good and considering tease. he's talked about everything else, what is there left to discuss? Is the whole thing just yes. going to be about Marty Morningweg? Is that all it's going to be? That'd be pretty cool. The teaser was the whole interview. It's just 10 different questions about Marty Mordingweg in 2018. I kind of like it now. He was just like, hey, guys, let's tease an hour-long interview. Right. (laughs) And just not do it. Never exists. Never exists. So I get that you don't think they're the most savvy, but there is a possibility, and I've tried poking around on this to no luck, that they could have taken out a very unique insurance policy that when Lamar Jackson, um, it's called a loss of value policy. Uh, College players do this all the time. If they get injured and it causes them to drop in the draft, they're able to recoup the difference in whatever the belief was that they were going to go in the draft. 
which doesn't mean they're not able to play. It doesn't mean they're not able to make money. It's that they lost value in the process. It might very well be that Lamar Jackson's insurance policy covered loss of value. So it's possible that while we all say, you know, he's going to miss out on $32 million if he doesn't play next season, it's also plausible that he took out an insurance policy that covered up to $50 million, could make up the, at least the difference in whatever he would have made this season on the franchise tag and the insurance policy. That's about $20 bucks, and he says, it's worth it to me to sit out for the season and make my statement if I can still pocket at least $20 bucks via an insurance policy. I don't know any of that. I'm just spitballing because, again, as we all know, it's very difficult covering this process to get information. But we all want to ignore that. And every time I get into one of these conversations with a Ravens fan on Twitter, I just get the same thing. Well, that's ridiculous. You can say that. The Ravens can't operate that way. Now, they could try to call Lamar Jackson's bluff, but if Lamar is serious, they're going to be screwed. The only news in the last 24 hours, of course, was this story that came from something called Joe Buck's fan. I am to understand is maybe like a, I don't know, a Russell Street report type of site in Tampa, something like that, that says that he, Joe, whoever that is, has learned, this is where we're getting, this is is the world we're in now, by the way, that the Ravens were interested in Baker Mayfield. That got a lot of play yesterday. Now, for some people, you might say, well, shouldn't that be significant because don't you think that's the Ravens trying to come up with a backup plan for Lamar Jackson? Yes. I think they're trying to come up with Lamar Jackson's backup plan. (laughs) Correct. I don't know how to explain this. They had, at the point at which they would have been able to talk to Baker Mayfield, already committed to Lamar Jackson and the non-exclusive tag, and they have cleared out all the cap space to make sure they would match any other contract that was offered to Lamar Jackson. They had already made their Lamar Jackson decision by the time they would have been able to talk to Baker Mayfield. So any tinfoil hat stuff that you try to do, like, well, they were thinking about how they could move on from Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, one, requires you to believe that a human being thinks that Baker Mayfield is a replacement for Lamar Jackson, which is such an offensive thought in 2023 that it's not just that I refuse to believe it, it's that if it was even crossing the minds of those folks, they should all be fired immediately. Led out of the building by security. Ridiculous. Being honest. I think they know they need an upgrade over Tyler Huntley. I think watching that last year and realizing his limitations for whatever might happen. Let's say they have to think about a scenario in which Lamar Jackson holds out. Remember, the Lamar meter reflects just week one. If Lamar Jackson were to hold out but still wants to get his money, he could very well say, I'm not going to show up for any of training camp, and I'm going to push it right up to maybe not showing up until after week one. Just to make a statement to you to try to get you to sweat it out and ultimately overpay in order to get me to show up. The Ravens might very well be thinking about that possibility. 
And if they are, it would make all the sense in the world that they would say, if we've got to play Tyler Huntley, we'd be better off playing Baker Mayfield. We think. Now, I can't even say that with certainty at this point. But there is at least something in Baker Mayfield's past, ironically with Todd Munkin, that suggests that he could play football at a higher level than what we ever, anything we've seen from Tyler Huntley. So I have no issue with the idea of Tyler Huntley being passed over in favor of Baker Mayfield. Tyler Huntley, of course, still isn't even under contract. If the Ravens had been able to, if there was no market for Baker Mayfield, the Ravens have been able to bring him in as a backup. The Ravens could have simply moved on from Tyler Huntley at that point and say, hey, we're just not going to, we'll go ahead and refuse. That's their right of first refusal. They would just go ahead and refuse and say, go out, go get it, whatever it is that you can find. God bless you. We love you. We appreciate what you did, but we got to have a better backup plan here. Or, you know, as everybody has reminded me at every turn, Lamar Jackson's missed games the last couple of seasons. That that's been eye-opening to them. Hey, if he misses two games this year, we we'd rather turn it over to Baker Mayfield than we would Tyler Huntley. That's logical. The tinfoil hat stuff is just tinfoil hat stuff. And it's one of those things where I can't say anything's wrong because again, it's very difficult to get information. But if that's the way you're thinking, you should not be employed in the NFL based on your own decisions. I mean, if the Ravens had decided we're just not paying Lamar Jackson this amount of money, we're going to let him walk, that would have been crazy. But, you know, they would have needed a quarterback at that point. That's the situation that Tampa found themselves in. They had nothing. Baker Mayfield is better than nothing. If they really believe that Baker Mayfield is an answer, I think they're crazy. But somebody's got to play quarterback for them next year, and they don't have a draft pick that lines them up with a chance to get a quarterback in the draft. So... What are, if I were them, I'd probably be in on Lamar Jackson, but they don't. They're they are in more cap hell, Tampa than a lot of other teams are. So I don't think it was ever an option for them. The Baker Mayfield thing is not the reason why this number is going to go down today. The reason why the number is going to go down is I just think that Drew moved it a little bit past reason. But for what it's worth, he did. He made like a fair point. I, I think guess. he not only did he make fair points. I I think in general, if I move it down. For the record, I'm going to move it down to 70%. Yeah. 70%, 70% is going to be the number for the Lamar meter. I, I don't think that there's that drastic a difference between what it is that we're saying. What I'm saying is I still think it's after the initial shock of the Lamar Jackson tweets on Monday, and I've gotten back into the world of reality, it has struck me that I, I still think the most likely scenario is that Lamar Jackson is a Baltimore Raven mostly because the Baltimore Ravens don't have other options. The only one that comes off as legitimate to me is the Colts being willing to part ways with the number four pick because at the end of the day, I keep saying, this scenario can only end for the Ravens in one of three ways. Lamar Jackson, another franchise-caliber quarterback, or the ability to draft someone who could be a franchise-caliber quarterback. They they can't lose Lamar Jackson without getting one of those things. Lamar Jackson is option number one. Everything they've done suggests that's what they want. Other than signing him. But again, we get it. You know, they don't want to negotiate against it themselves. Number two, if as it keeps if the Chicago Bears wanted to trade them Justin Fields, I think that would not I think you'd be taking a step back. I don't think Justin Fields has 
as much arm talent as Lamar Jackson does. But perhaps he can continue evolving, become a better passer, whatever it is. If the Bears wanted to trade you Justin Fields and a pick and you know they wanted to get reckless, you can make the argument. We came away with a potential franchise-caliber quarterback, upgraded our team, and didn't have to overpay in the process. Number three, the most practical, if you want to come up with a scenario, is that the Colts don't love the fourth, the third or the fourth quarterback in the draft. They're willing to deal you number four pick. But if that's the case, how much should you love whoever that quarterback is going to be? Adding in, you know, the other scenario where it is Lamar Jackson, but he just holds out, I think there's still about a 30% chance that he's not the week one starting quarterback. But the shock of the trade request thing has completely worn off at this point. We're right back to where we were when the week began. The trade request to me is no longer relevant. It's just trying to do the math. And Baker Mayfield is also not relevant. Make sure you include that in the tweet. I need to make sure I say that the Glory, Glory Days Grill brings us the Lamarometer, which makes me very happy because I was over at Glory Days Grill yesterday. You know what I did yet? I got the cauliflower wings, but I put the Korean number two sauce oh, on I, the cauliflower wings. It's so predictable of you. You just is it? Yeah. I mean the, the Korean number two. Well, I, it's, to be it's fair, you brilliant. put me on it as well. It's brilliant. Every it time I go, bathe I mean, in it. It's that good. My God, it's ridiculous. But this was the first time I had done it on the cauliflower wings. I normally go with the hot sauce on the cauliflower wings. This time I went with the Korean number two sauce on the cauliflower wings. It was outstanding. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Happy to have them back on board with us and bringing you the Lamar meter. And again, the number today, no real impact from Baker, nothing from Baker Mayfield. Just sort of resetting because it's been a couple of days. It's literally been since Monday. Since yeah. the that I've been able to set the Lamar meter, and this is just me recalibrating to where I think the more appropriate number is, and then I won't be setting it again until this coming Monday, as uh, I will not be here tomorrow. Stan the fan Charles will be hanging out with Griffin, and he will set the Lamar meter tomorrow, and I have no idea where he's going to go with it. I have no clue what I'm going to be walking in on on Monday, but I am trusting him. I am turning it over to Stan to set the Lamar meter. I will continue to, if you would like to be the guest setter of the Lamarometer, this is, we have got, we're going to be giving away more gift certificates to Glory Days Grill. I'm going to allow someone, maybe every week, and I'm still working on this plan, to be the guest setter of the Lamarometer. You, you got to be available to, I think, call in. I don't know, we'll work on that. But if you would like to be the guest setter of the Lamarometer at some point in the coming weeks, Email me, glennclarkradio at gmail.com, or hit me up at glennclarkradio on Twitter. Let me know why it is that you think you would make a great guest setter of the Lamar meter. Again, glennclarkradio at gmail.com, or at glennclarkradio on Twitter. The Lamar meter is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. 70% is the number for today. And we'll continue. If, if again, news warrants to change it at some point, if I got to race in here, Late Saturday night after the Ed Block Courage Awards. If I got to drive all the way back from Deep Creek where I'm going to be tomorrow, I'll do it to make sure that we get Lamar Meter appropriately set. I don't know. It depends on what the news is. If the news is really significant, I mean, like if the news is something like if tomorrow is the day that Lamar Jackson says, I'll never play for the Ravens again, and Stan said it at, you know, 73% tomorrow morning, I'll probably 
I need to do something about that. You know, helicopter back in. Yeah, right. I'll do it. I I'm sure that we can. The Glory Days Grill will provide that. I imagine in order to make it possible. I think that's an option. I'll do what I need to do. Is the point. All right. Uh, that is our Lamar meter update for the day. Still, as we mentioned, a lot to do on the program. We will talk baseball. We will get ready for the start of the season for the Baltimore Orioles. They are in Boston this afternoon at 2 o'clock. Kyle Gibson on the mound against Corey Kluber for the season opener. I hear it's cold in Boston today. I, I don't think there's any risk of like a weather delay of some sort, just an unpleasant day in Boston, weather, you know, temperature-wise, for today's season opener. It is time for our weekly NFL Draft segment. Joining us now from NFL.com, he has a four-round mock draft up, including the Baltimore Ravens making a trade in round one. He is Chad Ryder, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Chad, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. I assume that in thinking when you made the trade – in your mock draft with the Ravens, were you thinking specifically about the fact that the Ravens currently hold five picks in the NFL draft and everything we know about the Baltimore Ravens says they're going to want more want more picks than that? Well, that's certainly part of it. Um, as I mentioned, you know, in the article, giving up those picks for Roquan kind of leaves a couple holes later in the draft. So um, they, they would want to fill those holes, you would think. You know, and it doesn't take much for the Ravens to trade. We all know that. They're, they're willing to listen. And uh, if they think that they can get a similar player of, of uh, similar value a bit later, they'll take the draft capital and, um, you know, wait for teams to miss out on a guy that, um, as they typically do, the Ravens get uh, good value when they when they make these moves. So, uh, you know, that, that's all part of the equation. I guess my question would be for this year, because they have not been able to do anything in, in holding money for however they would, it's going to play out when they end up needing to pay Lamar Jackson, they haven't been able to do anything to upgrade their football team. They, they did add Nelson Aguilar, but I'll contend they haven't done anything to upgrade their football team. Um, does it have to change their thought process at all? Like, they... They had such a glaring need at the wide receiver position, and nothing about that has changed from the from the point at which you know it cost them even before Lamar Jackson got hurt to today. They, like, do they have to say maybe we can't do business the same way because they've clearly not been doing the same the business the same way during the course of the off season? Yeah, I don't know if it, if that uh, if if they. In future mocks, I may not have them moving because a guy, let's just say a guy like Jordan Addison from USC mm-hmm. or Jackson Smith and Jigba um, is available to them and they really like him and they decide to stay there and take them. And, uh, you know, they're, we'll see what Rashad Bateman becomes. Um, you know, Mark Peace Brown didn't really work out. So I, I don't know. I, I think – it can go both ways. Just because you stay somewhere, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the impact player that you think you're going to get. But uh, I, I think that that they will always listen to trade offers, regardless of what's going on. And I think they've shown over time that they can find some pretty decent players in rounds three and four. Um, they found some really good edge rushers over time. Uh, they found some, you know, D backs. They've 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 done all right for themselves later in the draft. So I don't think that necessarily moving down means that they won't find quality guys 
um, to, to, you know, upgrade different parts of the team. And frankly, a position like wide receiver this year, I'm not sure that the value is just as good in the second round as in the late first round, um, depending on, you know, what trades happen in the second round. Like if there's a run on in the middle of the second round next year, maybe, maybe it won't be, but, but um, I, I think they can find guys, at their key positions a little bit later in the draft if needed. And you ultimately have them taking one of the other key positions, cornerback with the 31st pick. But let's let's stay at wide receiver, Chad, because there's a couple things. You have Addison and right before the Ravens would be picking Smith and Jigba off the board. Uh, it's interesting that the pick that would have been the Ravens, you have a wide receiver going to the Chiefs and Jalen Hyatt. The, the name that's fascinating yeah. to me that isn't in your first round because I, the more I talk to people, the more I, I get the sense of a fit. If you're looking for someone to line up on the other side of Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers' name has come up a ton for me as far as a, a correct fit for skill set that the Ravens should be looking for at wide receiver. You don't have Zay Flowers going in the first round. Is that about you know the player to you or about you know the, the teams that are drafting and what their needs are? Well, it's, it's mostly about the fact that guys that are picked in the late first round have the same value as guys picked early in the second round. There's nothing special that that 32, well, this year, 31 team cutoff uh, doesn't, uh, you know, mean anything in terms of value of players. Zay Flowers could very well go in, in the first round. And um, it's just a matter of, you know, a particular fit for teams, um, team needs come into play. And, you know, guys like Elijah Moore, you know, everybody thought it was going to be a first round pick and he wasn't, he was a second round pick and that happens. So um, in future mocks, I may have Zay going in the first round and teams may value, end up valuing him more than a Jalen Hyatt. Um, but it's going to be interesting because uh, with, with Seattle, with the chargers, uh, potentially could they move out? And, and these teams like Buffalo, Kansas City's always looking for, there's going to be some movement at the end of the first round and, and, and so Baltimore, if they really want a receiver, um, you know, maybe they do have to stay there and, and pick their guy. But, but in the end, I don't think the Ravens operate like that. Um, I, I think they have their board, and if they're fine with taking a guy in round two, uh, finding value there, they're, they're not going to reach for a receiver that they don't like in round one. So um, it, it's, it's going to be interesting um, this year to see which of these receivers are really valued uh, Quentin Johnston from TCU is another one mm-hmm. that could be a first round pick, or he could be a second round pick. There's a lot of those guys. So, so let me let me break down. If you, if if the Ravens said to you, we have to go wide receiver at 22, what would your ranking be of these guys as far as what you think would make sense? Again, a lot of hypotheticals here. We're assuming it's still a Lamar Jackson quarterback team, a Todd Munkin offense, and Rashad Bateman on the other side. If they said to you, Chad, no matter what. It's got to be wide receiver there. How would you rank who you would want to see sitting at 22 if you were the Baltimore Ravens? Well, I think that Addison and Smith and Jigbar are the top two. So if either one of those guys are available, then I would say stay there. The rest of them, it's really a matter of personal preference. Um, I, you know, Zay Flowers does a lot of great things. He's, he's actually gained some weight uh, this offseason, which is good. If he can keep on, if he can play at that 190 weight or, or, you know, rather than 175, um, you know, that's great. And if he can stay there, that, that makes him a, you know, a better pick. Um, I like, I like Flowers probably a little bit more than Quentin Johnson. I like him a little bit 
probably about the same as Jalen Hyatt. They're, they're, they're similar to do slightly different things. Yeah. But I, I think, I think, uh, I think those two are kind of the next two. And then, um, uh, but really it's Addison and Smith and Jigba for me at the top. And, and everybody then the, the rest of the group is kind of all together. You, you brought up where the, 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 there are other players whose names have come up as being higher picks. You know, uh, Josh Downs from North Carolina, uh, Booty from LSU. Yeah. Are, are, is there a separation still to the next group of guys? Or do you feel like maybe even, you know, you, you're saying Hyatt, you know, Johnston, those guys maybe aren't even all that different than a Downs, a Booty, somebody like that? Yeah, I think that's similar. Uh, one guy, well, two guys that I think need to be in the conversation here are Rasheed Rice from SMU okay. and Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. I think those two guys are top 50 picks. And Rasheed Rice is a guy that I've kind of had thoughts about him being a first-round selection. Wow. And, I, and I don't know that a lot of people think that, and I'll tell you why. He His skill set reminds me a lot of Jeff, Justin Jefferson coming out of LSU. Um, in terms of his height, his agility after the catch, he he's really tough. Um, he can play inside and outside, and it wouldn't shock me if a team like Baltimore moved down into the later part of the first round, or even maybe into the early part of the second round, um, and picked a guy like Rice. Cedric Tillman's another guy from Tennessee, not getting a lot of talk about, but I think he's a really really solid second round guy as well. So um, there's a lot of options for them to. Uh, to, to find it in round two. And I, you know, I, if any team came to me and said, Chad, we have to pick up wide receiver in the first round. I'm saying, you're not doing well, I, it. Right. I, I, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing it doing for the it sake right. of the conversation, obviously. Chad. Yeah, I, I understand. I, but I, I just know. like, let the listeners know. Yeah. Let the listeners, because a lot of people think that teams should operate like that. It should be a grocery list. Oh, we need wide receiver first. So go get that. That's, that's how, that's not how it should work. Um, let's talk about the cornerback that you do have the Ravens taking. What do you like most? I, I know everybody is raving about this being a great cornerback draft. Um, a lot of people around here are selfishly, homeristically rooting for it to be Deontay Banks, the Baltimore kid uh, from the University of yeah. Maryland. Um, but you have them going Cam Smith from South Carolina. Tell me about him and just sort of the differences between him and some of the other guys. We, we accept it's probably not going to be Gonzalez, probably not going to be Porter, you know, probably right. not going to be Witherspoon. We think those guys will all go off the board before then, but maybe that next group yep. of cornerbacks that we're looking at. Yeah, I, I think Banks, the last time uh, Baltimore selected a Maryland player was Torrey Smith, I think, in 2011, mm -hmm. if I have that right. So yep. it's been a while. Yep. Um, you know, we like to make those connections, but it doesn't always happen. Banks was really impressive at the combine. Uh, Smooth-moving kid, uh, you know, obviously fast. Fast forty time really, so he's he's a good player, and I and I expect he'll be in that first round conversation. Kiwi Ringo from Georgia is going to be next. He's not um, the most fluid athlete, I would say. Straight line speed, not fluid. Sort of like a Tyson Campbell, you know, from uh, at Jacksonville coming out of Georgia. Uh, so I think he's really uh, in that category. Cam Smith to me is is. I can't remember if I wrote this or not, but he's he's like that Marcus Peters kind of player. He's not mm -hmm. the biggest uh, corner out there, but he's so competitive, such a good tackler, plays the ball really well, really fast, a quick-footed guy. So I think he's really a, a good fit for them. Uh, I think he's really – he's been a first-round guy for me for a long time, and, and I think he's just an ultra-competitive. You just put him in there against any receiver in the league and – you know, he's going to make plays. He's not going to back down. So I, I think that's why it would be a good fit for, 
for the team um, in the first round. Chad Ryder, NFL.com, with us here on GCR. We'll link up to his four-round mock draft on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio, for you to see it. Um, Chad, I, let me go to this. It, I think most of us in, in this city have accepted, hey, it's got to be wide receiver, it's got to be cornerback. Those are the two most glaring needs. If there's a position, and leave out quarterback, because before I let you go, I'm going to talk yeah, to you about quarterback. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about that. If there's another player that was sitting there at 22 somehow, and even if it's not a cornerback or a wide receiver, but you just say, if this guy's here at 22, the hell with what your needs are. This You have to make this pick. What would that player be? You know, um, I think you've got to look at a guy like Nolan Smith from Georgia okay. um, as a, as an edge rusher. I think, you know, you've got a way, Ojabo hopefully is coming back. Bowser, but honestly, you, you never have enough of those guys. And and I think he, um, his speed off the edge, he's not the biggest guy, but I, I think he plays bigger than his size. And so I think that would be a guy that they would probably look at um, if he's still available on the board at 22 as, as a guy to, 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 to meet that, to meet a, if not an immediate need, certainly um something down the road no doubt uh, that that they could use yeah no i mean yep. i i, I look, we're kind of not talking about it because you're hoping a job is going to be that guy but we have very little evidence that we know that that's the case so right i, right. I it's still yeah and again you 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 could use four guys real yep. easily on the outside um and uh especially with more teams using five men fronts all the time and stuff i mean i i think you can i can you can really make an easy argument for that. All right, what is Hendon Hooker? And, and I ask this question because we have talked about a scenario where the Ravens are still not certain maybe that Lamar Jackson's not going to mm-hmm. hold out or that if he does play on the tag that they don't know that they're going to have him long term. Um, and I, I don't know what to make of a 25-year-old quarterback coming off an injury who is very impressive, but... I have no idea where you can appropriately draft that player that we just described. What is Hendon Hooker in this draft? Well, you know, it's interesting. Age is not as um, – I think quarterbacks are playing longer anyway. So if he's 25, he's still going to be, you know, an 8- or 10-year starter regardless. So I don't, I don't know that that really comes into play. Um, the ACL injury is, is not great. Non-contact injury, really. Um, you know, that's, that's not great. on his. I think he is a guy that a team could take a, a chance on late in the first round, early in the second round. That's, that's where I place him. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going to talk about Tennessee's offense, you know, creating wide open receivers because of, and, and he, you know, hits wide open receivers. You can't blame him for that. Um, but in terms of fitting tight windows and things like that, I, I think there will be some concerns about that. But I suspect somebody will will take him late in the first round, early in the second, and certainly, you know, Baltimore could be in that conversation um, if they if if they don't. But look, if you draft him and you think that that's going to help you bring Lamar back, I well, I don't yeah, think, I no, think that would be no, difficult. no, no, no. I think that at that point you'd be <laughs> announcing that you know Lamar's not going to be around long term. At that right. point, would be the reason right. why you. And I, I don't think they. I, honestly, I, I, I think he's the best fit there, and and I think they know that. Yep. And they're going to be, you know, so I, I, I think they'll address the position, but I think maybe a little bit later. We we tend to agree on that subject. 
yeah. at Chad yeah. underscore R E U T E R on Twitter is how you follow him. Chad, is there anything else we can plug for you, man? Yeah, I got another four round coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, have some other articles um, sprinkled in there over the next month, and um, of course the seven round mock that comes out the the week before the draft. So Excellent. plenty of stuff to see for me and. The rest of my guys, Daniel, Jeremiah, Lance Zerline, Bucky Brooks, et cetera, a bunch of great stuff on NFL.com coming up. Excellent. Chad, really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Mark. Chad Ryder with us here from NFL.com. Appreciate him hopping on with us. Whew, let's, uh, baseball season is here. We know that. It's, we're, we've made it. You can bet baseball for the first time in history on the first day of the season, on your phone here in the state of Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers for the best sportsbook offers and incentives so you can start winning today. Get up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus match plus a $50 free bet with DraftKings. Just go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers to claim your incentive. When we come back in, we'll talk some baseball. Ryan Ripken, 105.7 The Fan, joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC is here to help. With funding available for short-term career programs, you can get back on your feet in no time. Starting this March, become a certified apartment maintenance technician to secure your future. CCBC's program offers hands-on training and prepares you for a rewarding career in the growing field of property management. Don't wait any longer. Call 443-840-2222 or online at ccbcmd.edu for more details. CCBC, apartment maintenance technician. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222. 2222 or ccbcmd.edu. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the bat-around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR, we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. They are hosting their hiring camp on Saturday. you got to be available starting at 8.30 in the morning You can do everything, the agility test, the interview, the background check, all of it taken care of on Saturday at the Public Safety Building, but you got to sign up ahead of time. If you've been thinking about it, you got that passion for service, you want a career for life, call 410-887-5521 right now in order to get signed up for the hiring camp with the Baltimore County Police Department. Baseball season does indeed get underway this afternoon. Orioles in Boston at 2 o'clock. Our next guest is going to be part of the coverage for Baltimore baseball tonight. This season on 105.7 The Fan, he is our friend, Mr. Ryan Ripkin, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Ryan, it's Glenn. Good morning, man. Thank you for taking the time for us as always. Of course. Uh, good morning, Glenn, and, and uh, happy opening day to you. So, all right, uh, Ryan, you're gonna. I don't like saying opening day until we get the next. I mean, next Thursday to me. Like to me, opening day is a holiday. It's a day where we all get together, we revel downtown. Today to me is like the first day, and then we use next Thursday as when we say opening day. I just, I the words opening day means something to me more. I know that you're probably shaking your head and saying what a nerd you are, but like I hold it that way. I need to, I need to get all of that feeling for me to say the words opening day. Well, I, I get it though, you know, because it's those the the home openers. We'll just say happy away opener. Today, sure, right? I'm good I'm with, with that. you on that. That there's something about a home a home opening day yep. and being around with your team, your family, your friends, and being in that atmosphere. It really is like a holiday, and it should be uh, electrifying at Camden Yards come next week. No question about it. Uh, and I know you'll be uh, hanging out uh, with the crew at Pickles for Baltimore baseball tonight. I will be wandering over at some point and letting Chuck Sapienza buy me a beer. That'll be the way that will go. Um, Ryan, I, obviously the big story this week, of course, was the Grayson Rodriguez decision. I, I'm in a weird place with it because I do think that there are five qualified starting pitchers in the Orioles rotation and that no one should just be given a spot because of their cachet as a prospect or the feeling of a fan base. At the same time, the unique thing that was pointed out, the issues in the fourth inning, I kind of always thought the better plan for Grayson Rodriguez was you can't have him ramp all the way up to 300 innings this season, have him make some three-inning starts at the beginning of the year and piggyback him. The only issue I have is if you're sending him to the minors to make six-inning starts – that's a lot of innings to use up in a season where we think there's a limit to how many innings Grayson Rodriguez can pitch. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, you know, my old take on it was that this would be a whole different story if Grayson Rodriguez didn't get hurt last year because I believe he was going to debut in the summer. He was so dominant before his injury. And then the team's still in contention, talking about the, the, the big league team, and he's trying to rush back. He's trying to get back. 
and the combination of rust and and um, and just trying to battle through the injury later in the season and pressing too much, he didn't finish as strong. And then this this is the reality of it. The Orioles had a lot of arms in the rotation right now, like to what to your point. Yep. And I felt like Grayson was gonna have to be flawless in spring training to break camp. And it's not because I don't think he can be an ace in the big leagues or his stuff is that good, but it's more so off of how the end of year, how last year ended. And I know people are talking about manipulation, service time, or maybe there's an innings limit. But when you think about it, this is the case. I think the Orioles would have called him up last year if he was, if he was healthy for the full year. I think we would have seen him in the summer. But now, you, you look at it this way. I think there's no harm of letting Grayson get his feet wet, especially while the weather's changing. I know he's upset. I know he's ticked off. And that might end up being even a better thing. Let him get one or two starts. Let your veteran players that have already been there and done that. And, and the Orioles do have a solid starting rotation group. So I, I don't think this is a really bad thing. And the biggest thing, too, Glenn, is when Grayson comes up, you want him to feel comfortable, and you never want him to go back down. I get that. And so I think in this case, if Grayson, I could see Grayson up before May and then we see Grayson as a big leaguer for the Orioles for the rest of his career. How many times do you need him? Like you know, in this, if if he goes down the Norfolk and he makes two six inning starts and he looks pretty good, is that enough for you to say, okay, I'm I'm good now? Like he's done the thing that he needed to do was just get through the lineup one more time. I, I'm comfortable with that. He's ready to go. Let's get him a roll here at some point. It's... Yeah, I mean, I honestly think it's just making sure he feels good. Yeah, you know, and I think for the Orioles, it's. Look, you know, and I'm sure, like, he could come out, if he started with the big league team, he could have come out firing, right? He could have come out uh, pitching like everyone hoped he would. But but if you have the – it's really looking about what you have right now. And the Orioles, they have five pitchers that are fully capable of going out there, and they have shown uh, the last couple of years the stuff and, and the, the, if they've, been the, if they've been up in the big leagues. For Grayson, he's a young player. Why not make sure that he is – you're putting him in the best position in this case to me, having him get a little bit angry, having him have starts where it's not going to be the main focus. Cause once he gets to Baltimore, it's going to be all about winning and it's going to be all about how his performance is there. So I like, I don't mind him getting a start or two and then say, Hey, you know what? We're good. I don't think it's a matter of, you know, um, you know, I don't think it's all this for we're thinking so much about it. I think it's just, trying to do the best thing for Grayson. I know people don't like hearing that, okay. but I think long-term, this will be the best thing for him for the next 10 years. Ryan Ripkin, Baltimore Baseball, tonight on 105.7 The Fan, the Off Script with Rip podcast as well. He's with us here on GCR. Ryan, this is the obviously the first year there's been any expectations in some time here in Baltimore. If you have a concern going into the start of the 2023 season about – you know, why it is that this team might not be able to live up to what they did a year ago, why, you know, all of the analytics types think that there could be regression for this this Orioles team, what would that concern be for you? Honestly, I think it'd probably be more towards in, in the bullpen. You know, I think last year there were some great surprises with how well uh, that bullpen pitched, you know, and and it kept the team in games. And I, and, I, and I know that there was some rockiness. And I think the starting pitching is actually going to be better than it was last year. Right. And, and I like the progression of these younger guys, and especially you know the, the Dean Kramers, Kyle Bradish. I think they're going to continue to build off of what they were doing at the end of last season. But, but the thing is, 
with some of the guys. And right now, the, the bullpen with some of their arms, they're a little bit banged up going into the season. And, um, and, and as we know, late in games, late game situations, that's where I would look. I'm not worried to say, you know, about Felix Batista. And I do trust that what the, what the Orioles' arms have. But let's just face it as well. The Orioles were able to stay in a lot of games late because their bullpen was terrific. And then the offense was able to put something together to steal a game. So you hope that that can happen. But that, that to me, would be the first challenge. Um, and then the second challenge would be, are your young players going to continue to develop? So the combination of those two things, because if the young players develop, the Orioles are going to be great. But there's a lot of young players that are in their first or second year that are still trying to figure out how to be successful at the big league level. Let's, let's... And in the big leagues, they're making adjustments constantly. That's a great Ryan, let's talk about that because I our expectations, as you know, are through the roof at this point. Like we are at the moment where Adley Rutschman is already supposed to be the best catcher in all of baseball, and our expectations would be that he improves upon his offensive numbers. Like we we truly are treating him as though he is already one of the biggest stars in the game. And our expectations are that Gunnar Henderson is supposed to be the rookie of the year in the American League this season just for those two guys who are such important figures in the future of this franchise, are we, are we too carried away about what we believe they can be now, this season, so early in their Major League Baseball careers? I don't think we're carried away because I do think that both of them are generational talents. But what I will say is, you know, I think Adley, of the two, he, you know, coming from college, number one overall pick, and he just has that type of stability. And he, and he almost got, you know, he got a lot of games last year in the big leagues. Gunner, even though he got his call up, he's still an extremely young player. Yeah. And you're trying to figure yourself out. And, and for those reasons, for those guys, the expectations are through the roof because, again, I, I, do I think, like my bold prediction, I think Adley can be a top three MVP candidate this year and Gunner wins the MV, or wins the rookie of the year. Like, I really do believe in their talent. But again, it's, when you're that young and so much pressure is being put on you, yep. and, and and major league teams are going to continue to figure out how to exploit weaknesses, and I'm not saying these guys have a ton of weaknesses; they're very good. But at a young age, when you're trying to find yourself, that's something for fans that you we just need to temper. There's a chance they might not get out; they might not come out of the gate hot, and that's okay. There's going to be growing pains. I mean, I think we can look at people looked at Ryan Mountcastle last year of well, he's he's kind of regressing. Well. Ryan had to adjust, but but Ryan Ryan Mountcastle can hit. I think he's going to bounce back. So it's just the example of playing the big leagues is hard, and those teams are going to constantly be looking to uh, make adjustments on you. But Adley and Gunner, I still expect to to live up to their bill of, of being two of the best players on the team and in the American League. Let me let me do a fun one with you, Ryan. Um, we're, we're getting ready. We're, we're setting the 2026 World Series roster right now for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, All right. Obviously, Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson are a part of it. But of the position players that are in Baltimore currently, rank for me in order the three guys that you believe are most likely to still be part of this and to be on that 2026 World Series roster. Again, position players that are already in Baltimore. Position players. So, okay, infield, outfield, or uh, position players in Baltimore. So, yes. are we going to eliminate the Adley and Gunner? Yeah, I say Adley givens? and Gunner were accepting, right? Those are givens. So, okay. after 20, those two guys. So two, after these two guys who are currently on the team right now. Yes. Interesting. 
I think Cedric Mullins will be on that team. I think he is he has become a piece. Uh, la la la. Let's see. I, I I do believe there's guys that are on the cusp in the minor leagues. I think Ryan Mountcastle will be, will be with the team. Okay. Um, so that's two. One more position player. One more position player. You know, the only reason I get stumped with it because I, I, there's what about, there's well, a couple what about guys Kyle, in the what minors. about Kyle Stowers? Stowers, I love. I think they're trying to figure out which role he he will be in. Right. You know, I think he has all the ability and talent, but right now it's a really crowded outfielding room. And then there's a couple other guys, and one guy that I believe that he's not in the majors right now, but Heston Kerstad, I am oh, firm, that's the, firmly believe. I think most of us that believe guy, that. Yeah, that guy can hit. And I and I I've come on and said this in other places before. People forget why he was drafted that high. They say, oh, he he, he was drafted because under slot. You know, I, I call. I, I, that, that's erroneous to me. The guy got drafted that high because he's one of the best bats in all of college baseball. He's finally healthy, and you're seeing it. I think he will be there in 2026. Um, but but that's the thing when you're looking at it with the, with the the prospects of who they have. You know, the, the guys that I really feel comfortable with are Cedric, Adley, Gunner, and uh, Mount Castle, just because I think the Orioles are going to have to figure out what they're going to do with some of their other prospects and current players. So, so I phrased the question the way that I did. Ryan Ripken with us here on GCR for a couple of reasons. One, because we're in agreement, obviously, about, I mean, Kerstad, obviously, what, what a spring he had, what a fall he had. We're very excited again. Uh, Colton Kowser is part of that belief system. But it almost complicates the Mullins question, right? Mullins is a free agent going into 2026. So... Is Colton Kowser your center fielder of the future? At some point, do you want to see Mullins play a corner outfield spot that maybe, you know, whatever limitation he has with his arm helps make up for that by getting him to that spot and still keeping all of his range? And are you committed to giving him money into his 30s in order to sign him to make sure he's a part of this thing? And I I guess I say that to say I think this is a big season for Cedric Mullins to try to remind everybody I'm the guy that you saw two years ago more than I'm the guy from a year ago. Right, but I still think you know what, what Cedric did two years ago was, you know, one of the one of the better seasons you're going to see in all of baseball. You know what I mean? We can't underrate that because I believe he was the first Oriole ever to accomplish what he did: thirty home runs, thirty stolen, bases. thirty doubles, yeah, thirty stolen bases. Yeah. You know, incredible year, right? You know, no one did that in Orioles Orioles history before that. And last year, I think that people had such that high expectation for him that they looked at, oh, it was a disappointing year. To me, Cedric, Cedric brings so much value to the team on so many levels because he is a great center fielder. He gets great jumps. He's able to steal bases, get on base, and he does have some pop. Now, was it the same year he had the year before? No. But he is a, he's a big value, and there's, there's a reason why no guys uh, opt out of the World Baseball Classic, but he was still being considered to, to represent the USA team, and he played for them. I mean, he's, he is one of the best center fielders in all baseball. Now, the question is going to be, though, where does it factor in? Because the Orioles have so many prospects. And as we know, if a team comes with a great offer and the Orioles are all about value, that is something you're going to have to consider. But personally, I love what Cedric brings to the team. I love his leadership. And when you can have someone that can do multiple things for your ball club, that's a guy you want to have around. I, look, I love Cedric Mullins. We are, we are with, I'm with you on that. I, absolutely, that is a guy that you want to have around. All right, um, uh, Ryan Ripken, one storyline for this season that you still think people aren't talking about enough as we approach today's, whatever you want to call it, first game, not away opening day, whatever it is, one storyline that you don't think is getting enough conversation. 
With the Orioles yes. or in general? Oh, sure. You, give me one in general if you think there's one that's more in general. Well, in general, I'm. I think a storyline to watch will be how significant divisional games will be. Yeah. Now that there are less, you know, I know people talked about the parity of making it a fair schedule around, and I and I understand last year with the AL East, everyone's going, man, these are this is the best division in baseball. Teams are beating themselves up. Now there's going to be less times to make up ground against some of your own teams. So those divisional games, to me are going to be even more magnified. So I'm really curious to see how those are going to shape up. And then as far as for the Orioles, the storyline for for me is uh, for some of these young starting pitchers, can we see this next jump? Like I I mentioned Kyle Bradish. I saw him in spring training. That guy to me has some of the best stuff in, in not just the Orioles but in baseball. Are we going to see guys like Kyle make this big jump and be a surprise for the team because if that can happen then the Orioles are going to be are going to be doing more than just uh trying to push for a playoff spot they could find themselves very well in it. I uh, it would be if Dean Kramer and Kyle Bradish are those guys it changes a lot of things moving forward there's no question about it. Uh all right, at Ryan Ripkin on Twitter is how you follow him. The off script with Rip Pod, Baltimore baseball tonight on 105.7 The Fan. Uh I look forward to seeing you out there next Thursday my friend. Appreciate you hopping on with us this morning. Let's talk again real soon, all right. Sounds good, Glenn. We'll get the Chuck Chuck Buck. Hell for, yes, for my friend. We will uh, tequila all, right. all around, dude. That's the way it'll work. Appreciate you, man. Ryan, Cheers. See you next week. Ryan Ripkin with us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time for us um, as we uh, get ready for the Orioles and the Red Sox this afternoon. All right. Uh, hour number one of today's program is already in the books. I'll leave it. I'll stay here for a minute. We're going to be joined by Jameis Winston, or we're scheduled to be joined by Jameis Winston, I should probably say more uh, correctly here in a minute, Um, who's going to be in town for the Ed Block Courage Awards. Hour number one of today's show is also brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox. Final weeks to pick this up, and as you get ready for the start of baseball season, we're talking about Gunnar Henderson. Great story from Luke Jackson about Gunnar Henderson and his rise to being a favorite to win American League Rookie of the Year this year. Go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Just really quickly, the final roster spots, the final roster decisions the Orioles had to make this morning kind of came into fruition, as expected. Joey Crable will not be part of the opening day roster, which is just a real bummer because everybody loves Joey. (laughs) I mean, nothing surprising about that. He was optioned to AAA this morning. Uh, Logan Gillespie will get the final bullpen spot for the Orioles as Michael Givens starts the season. Dylan Tate on IL. Obviously, that that bridge to Felix Bautista is a little bit trickier to start the season with those guys unavailable. That was sort of the expectation. The bullpen was supposed to be better. James McCann is on the 10-day IL, so as expected, Anthony Benboom will be the backup catcher to begin the season. So, We kind of have some answers as far as what the Orioles roster will look like, and clearly, if we know anything about the Orioles, that will be ever-changing in the coming weeks, and they will have plenty of opportunities to manipulate it um, as they do keep Taron Vavra. They do not end up keeping either Nick O'Hearn or Franchi Cordero as, despite those guys having really great springs. Franchi Cordero went to the Yankees. Correct. So so. So he's probably going to kill us. Maybe I don't know how much how long they'll be able to keep him on their roster before yeah. ultimately they'll need a spot either. 
Uh, but I get I get your feeling. I understand that. Uh, but both guys ended up uh, not being held onto by the Orioles, despite the fact that they seemingly put up the numbers. And instead, the Orioles keep Ryan McKenna as I, I would say a fifth outfielder. I guess the question is really how do they view Taron Vavra? Because that was part of why we thought Taron Vavra was so valuable to this team was that you wouldn't need to keep a true, an extra true outfielder because you believe that Taron Vavra could play in the outfield. But we shall see. We shall see how that ends up working out. And today, 2 o'clock, the season gets underway in Boston for the Orioles. From Jeff. Jeff gets me on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio and says... Uh, super excited for baseball to be back today. I don't remember feeling this juiced for the start of the season in some time. Obviously, it would have to have been 2017. Yeah, that's, Jeff, that's where we are. Absolutely. 100%. Have not felt this level of excitement. And, of course, it didn't work out in 2017. It ended up falling flat on its face. But it's been six years since you were truly anticipating it versus it just sort of being the day of the first baseball game, which is which was what we felt the last couple of years. And even in those last couple of years where we had no expectations, it was nice to have baseball back. And we still were ready to go through the motions and all of that. But this is this was as excited as I've been for the start of a baseball season. So I'm with you. We're in complete agreement about that. All right. So we'll, we'll get back to baseball, I promise. Uh, Eno Saris is going to join us a little bit later on. We'll talk more about Grayson Rodriguez before the show ends. But speaking of things I'm very excited about, this Saturday night I'm looking forward to being at the Renaissance Harbor Place as myself and former Raven Wally Williams will be your hosts for the Ed Block Courage Award a cocktail reception. Joining us now, real honor to welcome in New Orleans Saints quarterback, Ed Block Courage Award winner, former Heisman Trophy winner. You know this man. He is Jameis Winston, and he is with us now here on GCR. Jameis, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No, absolutely. It's an honor, man. Jameis, can you take me through what this means to you? You know, knowing what you went through two years ago, that your teammates recognized the work that you put in, how difficult it was, and wanted to recognize you with this type of honor. What does that mean to you? It, it, it means a lot to me just – the, the award and the foundation itself, uh, what this award means throughout this league, uh, just displays the resiliency and perseverance that, you know, 32 players uh, displayed. Uh, with it being a, a team voted award, it just uh, kind of just leans volumes of, of what your teammates think about you. Uh, it, uh, it rolls and play in that building. I feel like a lot of, for football fans, oftentimes we hear things like a player suffered a torn ACL, and we're just sort of like, eh, that's no big Everybody comes back from that these days. Like, that's no big deal. You know, it's just part of the business of doing football. And misses how serious it is and how, you know, th this is your life. This is your career. This is how it is that you go about providing for your family. When you go through something like this, how difficult is it for you mentally, emotionally, those types of challenges that you have to feel when you suffer such a catastrophic injury? Well, I, be I believe this now is just part of the game. It's, uh, it's how you bounce back. You know, you, you know the injury is going to come, uh, but, it's, but it's how you bounce back. And, uh, and that's why I believe like this award, for one, you think about the, the children in that Courage House that this yeah. award represents. Like those, those kids are, 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 are strict 
on bouncing back. They're looking for ways. And, and I think the Ed Bark Foundation is providing ways for these kids to have a reason to move forward and, uh, and persevere. So, uh, you know, my reason is just my love for football, right? So injury, adversity, none of it can stop, you know, my reason uh, of loving this game and, uh, and doing the best I can to, to persevere. That's really cool, man. It's, it's really cool to hear you talk about how much you love this game because I know how many people love watching you play this game and have loved watching you play this game for a long time. Jameis will be with us. All weekend here in Baltimore, uh, James. Is that is, is that one of yours in the background that I'm hearing? Is that is that one of your own? <laughs> that's both of my that's both of my live and local. How how old how old are your kids, James? Uh, they're four and two. Four and uh, two. They're, they're going to be joining us the weekend too. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man! Oh, that's so cool. I've got a, I got an eight year old and a five year old, and like everybody told me how much it was going to change my life, and I was just like, okay, man, whatever. Let me just get through this. How has it been for you? Like, how has your perspective changed as a man, as a football player, as a leader? All of those things being a dad now. Well, well, I think when you when you look at your kids. I mean, every single day I find something about myself and my children. So when I view my kids, I'm looking for how I can improve. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What are some things that I'm good good at? I mean, I believe my, my two boys, they provide so much confidence to myself because I know that they all have a unique purpose in life. But they all, you know, they all made their mistakes and they have some things. They had their little temper tantrums. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, like, I, I act the same way, you know, and then sometimes they just shock you. And, uh, and, they're, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, like, I didn't teach him this. Like, where did he learn this from? And, and you see that. So, uh, father, I, I'm just continuing the learning and seeing my kids, you know, be curious and be free uh, has inspired me you know, to, to stay curious, always be willing to grow, uh, always be always be open. Myself, be vulnerable, be in tune with who I am, the next step forward. And, uh, and that's what kids can teach you, man. Dude, Jameis, I had my five-year-old son sat down. On the, I've told this story on the air a couple times. Oh. My five-year-old son sat down on the couch next to me. I had my phone out, and he looked at me, and he said, ask, oh. ask, can you hear me, Jameis? You got me? I think we might have lost. Let's see if we can't make sure that we have Jameis there. Jameis Winston with us. Again, the Ed Block Courage Awards are on Saturday night here in Baltimore. We're going to be at the uh, Renaissance Harbor Place, and there's plenty of events throughout the course of the weekend. Find out more, edblock.org. In order to get your tickets to be out there and be a part of the festivities this weekend for the Ed Block Courage Awards, which are uh, it's such an important thing, and as Jameis pointed out, beyond just being recognized for what it is that you've done and you know, your your own battles and your own fight through an injury or persevering through whatever it is that you've had to go through. On top of that, it's about recognizing these kids that are going through their own battles and are part of the Ed Black, uh, uh, the, the courage houses around the country. Jameis Winston is with us here on GCR. J- Jameis, uh, dude, I, the story that I wanted to tell you um, about being a father, my five-year-old sat down on the couch next to me t- like a month ago and he said, Dad, ask Siri to show us pictures of cute, skinny girls in their bras and underwear. And I looked at him like, oh, what in the w- what? <laughs> like, where in the world did that come from? <laughs> like, what do I do with that as a parent, <laughs> man? Like, how do I handle that exactly? Like, because I want to fist bump him and say, hey, man, that's cool. But at the same time, I got to be a parent and be like, hey, bro, no, 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 no. You can't be saying that. <laughs> 
Well, bro, you know, these kids are exposed to so many things, and it can be a good thing or it can be a not so good thing. No Uh, question. But what they're learning and and the pace that they're learning it is uh, is inspiring. And, you know, that's what I see in my kids is that that curiosity, that freedom in life. Like, they're not worried about bills. They're not worried about uh, their job. They're, They're focused on the day. They're focused on the now. And my kids are teaching me that. Like, all over, I'll tell you, I've worked this story about when I first had surgery on my ACL, you know, I'm sitting in, you know, the period of, of California, and I'm just, you know, sitting on the couch, like I'm sleeping on the couch because I can't move around in the bed, and, you know, I'm just feeling sorry for myself. So, soon as my son wakes up, he gets up and runs and jumps on yep. my surgery for me. Yep, yep. Does not care. Instantly, and instantly, I'm like, why? Why am I sitting here soaking? Like he doesn't care about this. And he taught me right then, like, hey, it's a new day. Let's move forward. Like, let's focus on recovery. Let's focus on on getting better. Like, you have today, Daddy. Like, if he's he's trying to get out, get me out the house and play. I'm That's like, awesome. We not going nowhere. Yeah. Uh, but that perspective, that curiosity that they have, you know, the actors that they have, the actors. Exterior and Google anything that they <laughs> on their mind, anything that they even think about. Right, uh, it, it's cool, but it's also uh, you know we have to be aware of that too. Yeah, got got to do a little parenting every now and then, which is tough for me. <laughs> got to do that too. Um, uh, Jameis, there is a question I have been dying to ask you for a long time. What does a yeah. W taste like? Can you explain it to those of us that have never been able to taste a W in our lives? Man, a, a W is right next. To a V, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so when you when you tasting a W, man, you are tasting sweet victory, and uh, and that's exactly what a W tastes like. I, and that's what we try to that's what we try to eat. Bro. When you when you saw Joe Flacco do the the eat the W thing, did you think that? <laughs> to me, I thought it was like him paying homage and saying, "I love this." Oh man, we're gonna have to let you deal with your kids in a second. But um, did, 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 dude, I know what it's like to be a parent. Trust me, I've been there. I understand yeah. it. Um, did you think that it was? Did, were, were you feeling it when Joe Flacco was like, "Dude, I got to try to feel what this is like to eat a W." Man, eat a W is really a trend, man. Because when you talk about it, like we all like winning. You know, it's the only the only bad thing about. You know that seat is that we lost. You know we were war. That was been so epic. But the fact that we lost is like okay. Like why did he do that? You know winning solves a lot of problems. You know so at at, at least Joe he won, so he can do whatever he wants. Um, uh, we're in Baltimore. We're excited. We got a new offensive coordinator. It's Todd Munkin, obviously a guy you know from your time in Tampa. What are the Ravens Absolutely. getting? What are the Ravens getting in Todd Munkin? And obviously, you you put up some pretty good numbers uh, during your time yeah. with Todd Munkin. The Ravens are getting a detailed, specific, confident coordinator, and, and you know, and that's what you need in this league. You you, you can't have a coordinator that's uh, that's allowing the defense to dictate the ball game. You have to have coordinators that that are you know four thinkers that are always looking for new ways to design and create uh, concepts and plays uh, to create simplicity 
in the offense and to attack the defense, right? Because defensive football is getting better in this league, and, uh, and offense is starting to score more points. And Tom Munson has a resume of putting points on the, on the board, especially with, you know, you guys having one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, I know he's going to do some incredible things uh, with the with the offense. I got a couple people up in Baltimore, man. One of y'all just hired one of my best friends, and Danny Breyer, uh, really? as well. He's going to be helping Todd, yeah, Todd on the offensive side too. So I, I'm excited for Baltimore, man, and what they what they're going to do. I just can't wait for this. Go ahead and, and, and get it right with with uh with Lamar, so y'all can go ahead and win some championships. Bro, we we can talk about that. That is that is the biggest concern we have here in Baltimore right now. Um, Jameis, you bring that up. One of the things that everybody's told us about Todd Munkin is he's so adaptable, right? Like, he's willing to adapt what he does to whatever his personnel is. Was that your experience with him, that, like, he wasn't going to force you guys to do his thing, but instead was going to make him his thing work with you? I, I think uh, it's, it's different when a coach just studies football and when a coach has, has actually played football. And, and, and Todd coaches like he's played you know, a lot of football. So he understands the ins and out of what a player is looking forward to, you know, what a player is expecting. And, you know, how much can that player take in? What is that player's capability versus his capacity? And uh, he, he uses his strength to, you know, basically put players in great situations and, and make sure his offense is uh, running effectively. We like the sounds of that. That sounds really good to us. Uh, James, just because you brought okay. it up, dude, how, how much is it driving you crazy watching this all play out with Lamar. We have seen every player in the NFL at this point tweet about it. How much is it driving you nuts watching this play out with Lamar Jackson and him not having a deal still? You know, I think Lamar should have had a deal done three years ago. Uh, it's not my place. The first time he got stepped on the field, he was an MVP. He's been nothing but a class at an elite player in this league. Uh, everyone, you know, when it comes to pain, uh, a, a, a quarterback of, of his nature is always some hesitation, but at the same time, the guy deserves it, and you can't take away what a guy deserves. So I'm, I'm just going to say the Lord is working in mighty ways for Lamar Jackson. He's going to get what he deserves because he deserves it. He's worked his tail off. He's, he's gotten better every single year, and he's been a consistent perennial top player in this league, man. He just needs to get what he, get what he deserves, and uh, I know that takes time and patience, and it's going to be on the lowest time, but he's going to get it. You don't get what he deserves, man. Bro, I, we, you, from your lips to God's ears, man. Like, we need that yeah. to happen here in Baltimore because it is a joy. Do you guys have, like, a fraternity, like, for Heisman winners? Is that, like, a, do you guys have, like, a bit of a relationship when anybody who's in that <laughs> club? Or, I, you know, yeah, obviously you're, you're very different style quarterbacks, but I, I think a lot of people bring up yeah. the, the experience of the black quarterback being far yeah. different than what I think a lot of people have. Have you? Is there a fraternity there with you guys? Man, you know, I, I think that's something that we definitely need to work on about us black quarterbacks, uh, really just spreading awareness that we need to support each other and spend more time around each other. But uh, I think the Heisman is definitely a fraternity. You know, all of us, you know, that's a prestigious award, and I think the Heisman does a good job of, of keeping all of us attached, it's cool. uh, whether it's through social media or just through, through the award itself. Uh, so, man, I think that's just a elite experience. But just a, the black quarterback experience, you know, it has been – uh, you know, it's it, it, it's gotten so much better, and, and I would say this: the people that paved the way for us, they went through way worse than what we went through. So this is just another stepping stone. And and, and typically, those people that that, get, that paved the way for us, they had to persevere. They had to be resilient. And you know, and all of us, 
all of us in this league is challenging to be uh, a quarterback in this league. You know, so I'm not I'm not going to talk about that experience because that's personal to me. And yeah. Some people just will not understand. Some people just won't understand. It. They don't want to hear about it. But in this situation with Lamar, he needs to get what he deserves. Because it doesn't matter what color he is. He's the best, one of the best quarterbacks in this league. And he's going to consistently that. Uh, I hear I you, buddy. So, so <laughs> that speaking with that, like, he's a, like, I, I talk about, you know, my, my, my little brother, he's a, he's a, uh, he's a, a, a young quarterback and young athlete. And I said, you know, hey, look, uh, it's a lot of people that, uh, that, that came before him that are black quarterbacks. They can talk about the black quarterback. And so now we are in the, in the process of being the best quarterback, period. That's I don't right. care if you're black, white, uh, Samoan, Hispanic. <laughs> we need to be the best quarterback, period, because they can't say nothing. They can't take that away from you. And that's what Lamar has done. That's why it's still puzzling for them to use some of the same tactics that they used back in the day on him because he's been the best. And uh, but but he's gonna, he gonna get what he deserves. Bro, that is so well said, man. Uh, and I am, I, you know, look, I, I would, I would move over. He can have my two kids if he wanted them in order to keep him in Baltimore. <laughs> That's how much I feel about him. Uh, James, this has been a lot of fun. Before I let you go, I just want to run this by because I am going to be emceeing this event on Saturday night. You're coming right, to cool. Baltimore, and and I want to know if it's okay for me to try to figure out a way to make a joke. Because we, of course, oh yes, I already know what you're talking about. All right, are you are you are you okay if I make a crab-related joke somehow on Saturday night? Like, can we have fun with that? I am. We can we can have so much fun with that. All right, we can have so much fun. All right, I I wanted to make sure the the crab the crab tape at the event are going to be free, just like they were (laughs) when I got so. uh, So we can we can have so much fun about it. Bro, I've got a friend who played in the league for a long time. He's a WWE wrestler now. His name is AJ Francis. Actually, you might have been in Tampa with him at, at some point. Um, and, okay. and AJ was joking to me the other day because I was talking about this event, and he was like, dude, how messed up is it that Jameis got that much crap over that, and now you can get millions of dollars to be a quarterback <laughs> at Florida State. <laughs> and I was like, okay. yo, you've got a great point, man. <laughs> like, well, is... Timing time is, time is everything, uh, as, we, as we know that. Right. So uh, there's a time and a place for everything. And uh, at the event, uh, you can have a time talking about I love that. Uh, that, that incident. <laughs> hey, Jameis, this has been so much fun, dude. Uh, we love watching you play. You, you've been an awesome part of the football experience for a long time. We're so glad that you and your family are going to be up here in Baltimore. Again, edblock.org is the website for you guys to get your tickets. Is there anything else we can plug for you that you have going on? Uh, man, I, I'm just excited for this for this opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I have my own foundation, the, the James Winston Dream Forever Foundation, who I mission is to provide opportunities, resources, and, uh, and successful environments for, for kids that uh, uh, have experienced less fortunate situations. Uh, so uh, I, 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 do, I do a lot in my community of just trying to uplift the young athlete, uplift the, the young person and advance uh, his or her life, man. So. I'm just I'm proud to be a part of uh, to basically team up with the Air Block uh, Foundation because I, I cannot wait to go to this first house and play That's around awesome. and run around and experience these kids. It's the best part. Of, thank you so much for having me. It's the best part of it. Jameis, enjoy the trip up. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. All right. Thanks, man. Jameis Winston with us here on GCR. That was fun. I know I apologize. I had a lot going on there with the kids running around in the background and 
We had another phone call coming in at the same time. There was a lot happening there, but, dude, how great was Jameis? Like, how cool was he? Jameis was great. The crab cakes are going to be free just like they were. <laughs> dude, how cool was Jameis Winston? <laughs> he was so great, man. I love that. Appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. Um, and I'm gonna uh, Griffin. I'm gonna task you with going back later today and trying to re-listen and pull some better quotes out of that. I know it was very. Di- I know it was very difficult, given all the challenges of the sound. I'm so sorry. It's a bummer that it worked out that way, but um, I don't care, man. He was great. He was great, and we're gonna see him on Saturday night for the Ed Block Courage Awards, and he'll be in town all weekend. And hearing how much that part of it means to him to be at the Courage House and to be with the kids, that. That's special. Like that is really special to listen listen to him discuss what that means to him, and that's why the Ed Block Courage Awards are so different and so important, and uh, such an honor for me to be a part of it. All right, Birdland Sports. Um, right now, if you're a Birds fan, you need to be checking out Birdland Sports. It is for Birds fans by Birds fans. The gear cheaper than the big guys. The quality just the same as the big guys. You can get awesome shirts like this uh, Felix Batista the Mountain shirt, which is available right now. You can also get the uh, 2023 World Series Champ shirts, the Birds Are Coming shirt in the style of Omar from The Wire. They're all available right now at birdlandsports.com. And this is my promise. If you get your order in before the end of the week, you will have your shirt in time for opening day next Thursday. Birdlandsports.com. Buy Birds fans, for Birds fans, and all gear. Get your order in before this week is over. You will have it in time to rock it at the yard next Thursday for opening day. All right. Uh, Speaking of opening day and baseball season getting underway, let's talk a little bit about baseball from a betting perspective. Joining us now, he is the sportsbook manager for the Barstool Sportsbook at Hollywood Casino Perryville. He's Christian Horton, and he's with us here on GCR. Christian, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yes, yes, no problem. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Hey, man. Uh, Christian, how excited are you? I know it's probably been a crazy month for you guys with March Madness and everything going on, but like, wh- what do you see as far as just there being games every day now, people having any reason to come in, hang out in the sports book, and get their bets in for baseball season? Um, yeah, so I've seen, I mean, people have been really excited um, for baseball season um, as far as uh, last year. You know, the Orioles had a really good season last year. Um, they're the most popular team in the MLB. So even before, I would say, as far as, uh, I would say December, we had guys coming in, hey, you got the Orioles um, win total, I want to take the over. So we have a lot of the, uh, those bets going on, a lot of customers just asking about the Orioles. So it's very exciting for Baltimore, um, especially with the, you know, the Orioles being good again. Um, that's uh, it's what we're all we've been waiting for for a long time. I hear a rumor, yeah, however, yeah. there might be a little conflict with you personally. That's just all I heard about today. Maybe <laughs> there might be a bit of a personal conflict that I'm not so thrilled about. Uh, are you, when it comes to your role as a sportsbook manager, I, I know you have to leave all of those things at the table. So give me your breakdown of day one Orioles, Red Sox, Kyle Gibson, Corey Kluber, and make sure you leave all of it out. That apparently you're a Red Sox fan, which I don't care about at all. And I might have second-guessed whether or not I had you on the show had I known that ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Today today I'm not a Red Sox fan. I'm leaving it out. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the breakdown is uh, pretty simple. Uh, we got uh, the odds makers uh, has it as a close game. You know, they have the, um, the Orioles uh, being a slight underdog um, coming in at plus 105. So basically what that means, if it's every, and I know a lot of people aren't betters, um, if you bet $10, um, you'll win $10.50. Um, whereas on the flip side, the Red Sox are favored, um, you know, because they're at home. They're uh, minus 125, so you would have to put up $12.50 in order to win $10. So that's just it's a few of the bets that you can uh, put in. Obviously, you can do um, over and under uh, total runs and uh, a whole different uh, – they have so many prop bets now that, that you can do, and I'm sure you'll – We'll get into detail to that later on. Am I to understand that there's like a legitimate factor when it comes to odds when it comes to playing at Fenway Park? Yes, yes, it's a huge factor. I mean, um, you you got the Green Monster there. You know, that's a huge advantage for the Red Sox. Um, you know, they practice uh, of how the ball is going to go, where the ball is going to go. So that's a huge advantage advantage for them. You know, um, when they're playing there. Um, you know, it's it's cold in Boston right now. So you know, some some baseball players don't like cold. You know, um, so, you know, it's the advantage there. Living in Boston, obviously, huge advantage. And, um, you know, Fenway is a huge um, um, hitter-friendly park. So, you know, like I said, the Red Sox practice there. The Orioles play there, you know, um, majority of their games because they're in the division. So that, that's the, the, the advantages of Fenway. And, you know, I'm, I'm expecting a high-scoring game um, today, for sure. All right. He's Christian Horton, the Barstool Sportsbook Manager at Hollywood Casino Perryville. He's with us here on GCR as we get ready for Orioles-Red Sox today. Christian, you mentioned some of the other bets that are available, and I feel like this is something that, as people, especially in Maryland, are still getting used to sports betting, aren't aware of. Like they know mm-hmm. they can bet the game. I don't know that they can know that they can bet like literally almost every pitch of the game. Yeah. Can Can you yeah. explain to people exactly what they're able to bet once the game, if they don't get their game bet in, what they're able to bet about after the game begins? Okay, yeah, so we do um, we do have live betting at um, Hollywood, um, you know, um, where you, you can come in um, and bet live, and you, we also have um, live betting on um, the Barstool Sportsbook app. Um, so basically there you can bet on player props. You can bet on any player that you want that's playing in the game at the time. Um, you can bet home runs. Um, you can bet two home runs where you get a, a lot of bang for your buck. You can bet strikeouts, um, stolen bases. Really, I mean, anything anything that you could think of in baseball, it's, it's most likely probably there, and you can do it live or um, before the match. And um, you get really good odds um, live because, as you know, the, um, the game's going on, the, the, the odds of someone hitting a home run is, gets less and lesser as, you know, they have less bats and innings going on. Um, is there anything that is special for opening? Like, I know a lot of times betting companies will try to take advantage of big events and and push mm-hmm. out things. Is there anything that maybe is special with the Barstool Sportsbook today because it's opening day that maybe betters could take advantage of? Yes, yes. Um, on Online, on um, the, the Barstool Sportsbook online app, um, they do have a, an insurance bet where um, they're running uh, $1,000 bonus cash offer bet if, you're, um, if your bet loses. So you can bet anything up to 1000 and if they, we'll, we're, we're going to bet the Orioles today because they're going to win. Um, if the Orioles so do lose, you would get your money back up to a thousand dollars. So, which obviously, kind of a, right? As you po- uh, as you point out, we don't have to worry about in any way because yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not, no, not going to happen. You're not going to get your money back. But you're right, win. You're it, win. if yeah. things were to just go wildly crazy, there would be a backup yeah. plan. Not going to happen. But if it were, there would be a backup plan in place, which is available yeah. in on the Barstool app. <laughs> Um, uh, Christian, uh, just uh, take me through a little bit more. When, when the Orioles get back home next week and mm-hmm. play at Camden Yards, yeah. 
we've now been a season into them moving the wall back. Have have you noticed how it mm-hmm. impacted maybe lines that were set, expectations for pitchers, things like that, when the Orioles have played at home since they've done what they did to the wall in left field? Oh yes, tremendously, tremendously. Um, I mean, the just just their pitching. Um, uh, the pitching's gotten way better. I don't know if this is performance versus the wall being pushed back, but I think it's more performance, and you know, it's, it's both uh, best of both worlds. But um, definitely, the the wall um, being pushed back has had a, a huge effect on uh, the, the you know just Cam Yards. I, I believe I looked it up the past five seasons before last year. Um, the Orioles had the most uh, home runs given up. And last year, you know, they were right in the middle. So, you know, obviously that, that, that was a fact. And um, I think the Orioles are playing to the left field wall being pushed back by drafting switch hitters, having a lot of switch hitters, and also drafting a lot of left-hand pitching. So that's where I see it has an effect. All right. Uh, the, the other important thing that we need to know, I, I was not aware of this. Are you telling me that we can bet on minor league baseball now this season? So, yes, you, you can bet on minor league. We do not have it at Hollywood Casino um, in, in person, but okay. on the app. Okay. They do, they do have um, AAA. They have AAA available where you can bet um, the, the Orioles uh, minor league team. And that, that's very exciting because, you know, you see a lot of guys coming up. And you might have a favorite um, guy that you're following. And it's kind of it's cool to follow the, the minor league team. Also. That is wild. So when Grayson Rodriguez makes his first start for the Norfolk Tides this season, you'll be able to bet it on the Barstool app, which is wild Exactly, me, man. I might have yep. to attempt to manipulate <laughs> that a little bit myself, Christian. That might have to be in play. Hey, uh, for anybody who hasn't yeah. been up yet since um, you guys opened up at uh, Hollywood Casino in Perryville with the Barstool Sportsbook, what what kind of experience is available there for them? What are they missing out on if they haven't made the trip up to uh, Cecil County yet to check out the Barstool Sportsbook at Hollywood Casino Perryville? Yeah, so we, I mean, we're very, very friendly staff. Um, you know, we we happy to answer any questions that you have. Uh, we have TVs available. Um, for you to watch the games. Um, we just opened the Barstool Sportsbook restaurant um, that has, I, I mean, I don't even know how many TVs in there. I would, I, I would say probably 100 um, TVs in there and great food, great um, staff that will wait on you. Great, you know, it, it's all around just a great experience. Um, you know, it's, it's, and you can place your bets and also watch the game at the Sportsbook um, restaurant and, and eat and, you know, have a really good time. And it's, I, I'd say it's 10 out of 10 every single time. That's awesome, so. man. Uh, Christian Horton, I'm looking forward to getting up there and hanging out this season in the Barstool Sportsbook at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Anything else you want people to know before we let you go? Uh, no, just really excited for the Orioles, see how they do. Yep. Um, yep. As they say, go old. Yep, ex- exactly right. May they win 30-0 to today. May they win 30-0 to every game this weekend and every time they play the Red Sox all year long. May that yeah. be the case. <laughs> hey, uh, Christian, really, yep. really enjoyed it, man. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Christian Horton, the uh, sportsbook manager at the Barstool Sportsbook at Hollywood Casino Perryville with us here on GCR. All right, let's grab a break here. When we come back in, Eno Saris from The Athletics going to join us. We're going to talk about Grayson Rodriguez. We still need to get into fighting words today. We still have a lot to do on the program. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career path? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs like real estate sales. And the best part, funding is available for those who qualify. Real estate sales is a lucrative career that can provide a stable income and flexibility. With CCBC's real estate sales program, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in this exciting field. Call us at 443-840. 2222 or ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC Real Estate Sales. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR. Thanks again to, uh, boy, we had a busy uh, sort of uh, stretch there. Yes. Thanks again to Ryan Ripkin and to Jameis Winston and to Christian Horton for checking in with us on the program. Hey, uh, not only for the Barstool Sportsbook, but every sportsbook in the state of Maryland, the best offers as we begin baseball season are available at pressboxonline.com slash offers. For the first time in history, 
You can bet from your phone here in the state of Maryland during baseball season. you got to go to pressboxonline.com offers and sign up. You can take advantage of great incentives like with PointsBet. If you make your first deposit, bet your first $50, you get five second-chance bets just for signing up and making that first $50 bet. Go to pressboxonline.com offers right now to claim that incentive and more. couple of notes. Um, one, we were talking about it yesterday. It's now official. Ryan Odom is the new head coach at VCU. Not the only significant coaching news. This is one that I would say that privately um, a lot of people had predicted. Uh, I don't think I ever brought it up on the show, but Patrick Stevens definitely brought it up. Um, Tony Skin, the Maryland assistant, is taking the head coaching job at George Mason, which is not all that surprising. Tony Skin was part of that legendary Final Four team at Mason. He has been on the rise as a coach. Not surprising that they would target him to be their next head coach. What does that mean for Maryland? Well, one, it means the coaching vacancy is available. Dwayne Simpkins had been on the Mason staff, the longtime you know, assistant and former Terp. Might be interesting to see if there was almost like a swap there, although I don't know if Dwayne Simpkins would prefer to stay on Tony Skin's staff, but I think that could be beneficial to Mark Turgeon, someone who, again, has been recruiting the area for some time, who is a former player that would be a popular hire if he wanted to go that route. Um, I don't know where Dwayne Simpkins is. I, I haven't heard anything at all about who's in line for the Coppin job, by the way. I've heard nothing. The only thing I've heard is they could just promote uh, Baltimore native Eric Skeeters, who had been on Juan Dixon's staff last year. But if they were going to do that, you almost feel like wouldn't they have just gone ahead and done that already? I have so little knowledge of what's going on with Coppin. Um, but, you know, Maryland's going to need another local-type recruiter. I do believe, and I'm going to double-check on this, that um, Tavon Sadler had a role on Maryland's staff last year, and the option could be just to promote him to now being an assistant coach. Let me just make sure I know what the title was. Um, for Tavon was director of player personnel. So, you know, like that could be something that they do and just bump him up to being an assistant coach moving forward because he's kind of their Baltimore guy. He's the one that's being responsible for those areas. Um, Greg Manning Jr. has stayed on as director of basketball operations. They could bump him up to being an assistant coach as well. Or there could be someone that came available, you know, that, that they look at and say that that person is desirable to add to a staff that maybe has some head coaching experience. Yeah, Chris, I don't, Chris Beard? Like a yeah, I don't – well, he got a job already. Oh, he did. Yeah, he's right. the head coach at Ole Miss. That's not going right, to be the case. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, of co- because of course he did. Because of course, after all that, Chris Beard was just quickly welcomed back into the coaching ranks. Yeah. And again, the awkward part is somebody would bring up, "Well, what about Juan Dixon?" Just with, uh, with all of the baggage of that kind of scandal, that we just—I think that would be a difficult thing at Maryland at, right now. Yeah, right now, right now for Maryland. Mm-hmm. Do I think three years from now, if Juan Dixon won, I think that like because it's not. It's still an awkward thing where, like, Juan Dixon wasn't at the center of it, but he happened to be the head coach, and the belief is that he did not take it as seriously as he needed to immediately, and that's the tricky part about that conversation. But, um, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I also don't know if now 
Juan Dixon says, okay, I did the coaching thing. It didn't work. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if he's maybe, or maybe go to like a high school or something for a, I, I for a couple of years. I don't know what he wants to do. Right. It's hard for me yeah. to know what he wants to do. I have not talked to him since everything unfolded. It's an It's just such an awkward discussion. And it's not that I wouldn't want to have it. I just don't think that Juan wants to have it. And that's the reality of it. But Maryland will have to fill uh, a coaching vacancy with Tony Skin going to George Mason. Um, Maryland women, as expected, both Diamond Miller, well, Diamond Miller definitely expected as head of the WNBA draft. Abby Myers is also headed to the WNBA draft. Um, so they'll have a couple big of Big part pieces. of that cover on Monday night, Abby Myers. Yeah, was. that was yeah. a big moment for you. That was a big moment in Griffin's life is uh, the Maryland women's. I can now bet out, baseball this season. You can, have a cover. you can bet triple-A baseball. Uh-huh. You can bet Grayson Rodriguez's first start this season. I might have to do a little bit of that at some point this year. So I think... I I think that's I think that's everything. I think that's what I needed to cover here. I think I got it all taken care of, right? That was all the college basketball news that was warranted, I believe. Tonight's the NIT final. That's a big one. I know you throw out all the records when North Texas and UAB get together. It's been a great postseason for the CUSA. It has been a monstrous <laughs> postseason for Conference yeah, USA. Uh, Patrick Stevens mentioned it last time I was here. Like I looked yeah. at it and I was like, they're going to like get the triple crown of college basketball. Well, they've already won the CBA. They're going to win the NIT, and now they could the, win that, that potentially potentially win the NCAA tournament. Yeah, all this talk about the Big 12. Yeah, know, right. The, the SEC and the, the hell with that. It's get been Conference USA yeah. all year long. All right, very good. Now, let's get back to baseball as it is the first day of the season, the Orioles-Red Sox this afternoon. We've been talking a lot about Grayson Rodriguez, and I've referenced um, something that this man tweeted out uh, this week just because – it sounded really intriguing to me, but at the same time, I also didn't fully understand it because I am an idiot and he is much smarter than me when it comes to these topics. He is Eno Saris from The Athletic, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Eno, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No problem. Happy opening day. Uh, Eno, can you explain to me, and, and understand it's not really just me, it's also my audience, what Stuff mm-hmm. Plus is and 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 what it's truly tracking as a statistic you know it, it it goes back to something as simple as the radar gun but what stuff plus looks at is just the physical properties of the pitch so it looks at the movement the velocity the spin the release point just the physical properties of each pitch and it judges them and it ends up uh if you do that you you have something that's very powerful in really small samples it's very predictive of future success um and it's a little bit like the radar gun it's just you know how fast and how nasty uh are his pitches so if we we use it to reference Grayson Rodriguez is it a way to say maybe the results weren't great but it's not it I, and I don't want to use luck or, or something like that, but the results might have not been great, but what he was actually doing on the mound suggests hey, he's probably ready to be a major league pitcher at this point. Yeah, I mean, I have 300 minor league pitches and spring training pitches of his track. That's a, that's a good enough sample for Stuff Plus. And he has elite Stuff Plus. I think I referenced Sandy Alcantara yeah. um, as as somebody that he's in a tier with. So. He would be basically a top 10 guy in Stuff Plus, and all the other top 10 guys are aces. Now, I, I know that you know he didn't have a great spring in terms of results. I know he walked a bunch of guys. Um, I know he had trouble getting out of the fourth. But one of the things that we found when we looked at this was also that locations um, and command data 
took a lot more sample to, to really understand. So basically, the, the, the walks that he gave up in spring training were not predictive. So in other words, he had nasty stuff and he ran into a little bit of a rough patch. That's how I would put it. Um, and, and so my tweet was taken by a lot of people to say, oh, he's accusing the, 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 the Orioles of, of manipulating Grayson's, uh, you know, uh, service time. And, and they're just sending him down for no, to no reason. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like, I, you know, Brandon McCarthy jumped in and was talking about how it sucks to, to, to debut when you're not at your best. So maybe it is good psychologically for him to go down and, uh, and pitch and, and dominate and then come back up. Maybe that's a good idea. But for me, I just wanted to affirm that he is still an elite prospect. He is still my favorite pitching prospect. He has a large arsenal, and all of his pitches rate as above average or elite by Stuff Plus. Eno Saris, the athletic, with us here on GCR. Eno, to, to that point, my follow-up question was going to be, if, his, if Stuff Plus says his stuff is there, <laughs> what really would he be working on as he goes back down to AAA to start this season? And, and maybe you just gave the answer there, that it, it's not really necessarily that he's got to work on something as much as it's just maybe about trying to rebuild confidence for a couple of starts before he makes his debut. <clears throat> There's a really interesting link between confidence and command. Um, you know, I, I, if I have any sort of uh, hot takes about pitching, is that I think that pitchers do not have the kind of command that people think they do. And we've done a research on this. Like, for example, we tracked the, the glove as a target, and we said how, how much do pitchers miss their target by on average 13 inches is the average miss. Wow. And so, you know, yes, I think that confidence is command because confidence is the ability to throw it in the zone. And I, I have the, I believe he has the ability to throw it in that big box. And I think that he needs to go down there and throw his breaking stuff in that big box, in the strike zone and not worry about being super fine because he has such good stuff. And I think, you know, one of the things that they did with Tyler Glass now in Tampa, who was really wild but had great stuff, they give him one target. He has one target for all his pitches. And his breaking stuff breaks off of that, and his high stuff goes to the target. And that's, that's I think we could simplify things for Grayson. And he might come up and just be like, I'm going to throw this stuff in the zone, and you're not going to be able to do anything. Interesting. I, it's, boy, that is really compelling to me. Can, can I ask you, you know, I, one of the things that I brought up is I, I never thought w- – w- the fourth inning thing was interesting to me because I thought the answer for Grayson Rodriguez, given the fact that you can't ramp him up all the way to 300 innings this year, was always going to be that you were going to have to start him as a three-inning guy with a piggyback to begin the season because you want to have him available if the Orioles are playing meaningful games later on in the year. So the fourth inning thing was was fascinating to me because I was like, well, is that really a problem right now? <laughs> on the on, on the flip side, if he's got limited innings, is it actually helpful for him to be making six inning starts at AAA and wasting some of those innings <laughs> in the minor leagues? Should the team need him? So not even again, not, I'm not even trying to do the conspiracy theory stuff or, or get into, but like right. just from a simple math equation of knowing where his innings are going to be, does it make more sense to you that he makes six-inning starts on, in the major in the minor leagues versus the idea of maybe making three-inning starts in the major leagues right now, which avoids the issue of the fourth inning that he was running uh, into? 
Yeah, you got you got uh, you got a good mind for this. I, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that I want to jam in here real quick. But what I have found out is uh, we did some research and we found that command starts leaving around pitch number eighty, and mm-hmm. so you've seen the Rays basically all their starting pitchers average eighty pitches, and I think this, these things are related. So if you think that he has a bit of a command issue, cap him at eighty pitches. I also talked to a farm director who said, if my pitchers have major league stuff grades, because teams have stuff plus, all the teams have stuff plus. He says, if my, if my pitchers in the minor leagues have major league stuff grades, why are they in the minor leagues? And lastly, there's a research out there <clears throat> on baseball prospectus that says that every pitch a pitcher throws over the course of the season makes them a little bit worse. Hmm. It's, it's sort of cumulative fatigue. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm reading between the lines on that and saying, I want Grayson up here as soon as possible. And I like the piggyback idea, and the Orioles are well-suited for it. They have Tyler Wells, who can't go deep either. And the two of them together would make an awesome starting pitcher. So I think, you know, given their number of starting pitchers and given their bulk in Cole Irvin and Kyle Gibson on the front end, they should be playing games with guys on the back end where they have some piggybacking or they have some stretch guys like Keith Nakin was last year that kind of paper over the back end of the rotation. Well, it's such a, an interesting point, right? We haven't we haven't seen this in a long time in Baltimore. Obviously, a year ago was the first time you had a pitcher in the rotation that could actually eat some innings. But to your point, with Gibson <laughs> and Irvin at the top of the rotation that can actually handle some innings for you, you should be able to consider these types of things. It just doesn't make all that much sense. Are, are you, again, saying that that wasn't the purpose of your tweet, but you know, knowing what the Orioles have been – are you able to completely disassociate from the service time part of this conversation? Or are you still saying to yourself, you know, our, our buddy John Mioli, who was at the Sun, now he's with the Banner, you know, said, look, I, I can't, I can't disassociate that because that is who they are. It's their reputation. Until they definitively prove otherwise, Mike Elias can get as defensive <laughs> as he wants to get in an answer, but this is what we know of the Baltimore Orioles. This is who they are. Are you capable of disassociating that conversation entirely? No, I, I'm not. I'm not. But I, I've, I've also been wrong in the past. Um, I've written pieces that I wished weren't out there about service time manipulation, accusing. But for just as an example, you know, Willie Calhoun uh, with the Rangers, I thought he was ready for the big leagues. His projections were good. And he was sent down to, to quote unquote, work on his defense. And I accused the Rangers of, of service time manipulation. I, I think I was wrong. You know, know, it turns out (laughs) Willie Calhoun is not good at defense and maybe not even a major leaguer. So, um, you know, sometimes the teams know more. What I didn't like about Michael Elias' response, though, was the tone and the tenor. If I had been the GM there, I I would have tried to be less defensive. (laughs) And I might have said something. I think I might have said something like, hey, this kid has the same stuff plus as Sandy Alcantara. Like, he is one of the best. Uh, starting pitching prospects in the league, and we're just asking him to go to finishing school. It's just the last finishing touches that he needs to put on. That's how. That's the tone I would have taken. Maybe even say, like, we understand why you're asking the question. Like, I get it. We're telling you this time it's different. Right. Like, something like that other than acting like it's offensive that somebody would ask the most obvious question that there is to ask <laughs> about the circumstances. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I don't think it was a great. Uh, I don't think it was a great sort of uh, Q and A Q&A session for him. And, and, and it's been very weird with Michael Elias, who I like a lot, but yet there have been so many. You know, when he when he right went right from trading away quality major leaguer as a team is in the playoff race to saying 
lift off from here. <laughs> it was just such a, <laughs> such a weird set I of like, circumstances. I like the Orioles, though. I, I okay, that's what I wanted to get to. They might. Yeah, I've been predicting they might make the uh, the playoffs this year. Um, the way that I see it, he has been building basically a competent 500 club um, in terms of what's on the field. And then uh, in terms of what's ready to step onto the field, he has some of the best prospects in the big league. So I really like Westberg. I like Norby. I like Kowser. And, you know, I think and I, and I have Grayson as a top-pitching prospect in the league. So you have a 500 type team and then you add all those guys there's always the opportunity to 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 kind of break out and get to ADA get to a wild card berth um boy it's so funny you bring that up you know most of the analytics you know the Pakotas that everybody's believing there's regression coming I I think surely just the fact that you don't have to face the AL East as many times this year that even if there's some regression to the mean one I think it's a more representative ball club than it was a year ago but yep. just avoiding as many games against the Yankees, the Rays, the Blue Jays would seem to be beneficial for this team, and it's hard for me to imagine that they get off to nearly as disastrous a start as they did a year ago. Yeah, no, I, I think the I think they've built a, 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 like a there's the team is not embarrassing anywhere really. You know, it's uh, it's a, it's a it's a fundamentally sound team, and they've got they've got some really interesting players that are really close to the big league. I, I am. That's why we're we're excited. It's look. It's measured, right? <laughs> like none of us think the Orioles yeah. are winning the World Series, and we still would like to see them. You know, even if it's not you know, a real free agent, but like spending money on Adley Rutschman or Gunnar Henderson or you know something. Yeah, extend uh, extend the guys. Yeah, extend the young court. That would be great, dude. It, you know, I'm telling you, it would change the way the city. Like, it, it would be so much more electric than even if they had signed Carlos Rodon in the off season, right? If they. <laughs> on opening day, announced we've entered into a 10-year pact for a big dollar. Cause I, and I get it. Like, Adley Rutschman's in a unique spot, right? He's a little bit advanced in age. He plays a position that is it's quite demanding. I, you're not going to be able to get him for a bargain because he knows there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for him to make that crazy money. But So pay it to him now. <laughs> like, just get – right. this is Adley Rutschman we're talking about. They're, everyone it's on the planet – happening across the league. Correct. Just look at the Braves, man. Just yep. look at the Braves. They they locked up everybody, you know. Oh, and once you get one guy locked up, it actually leads to getting more guys locked up because you're saying, "Oh, I can I can play next to Adley for you know ten years, eight years." Yeah, sign me up, dude. Oh, we are in such we are in lockstep, my friend. We are walking together <laughs> on this one. You know what? Can I plug for you, dude? Um, well, I've uh, got player, t- I, you know, just uh, my podcast is Rates and Barrels. If people don't want to subscribe to The Athletic, they can listen to Rates and Barrels for free, and maybe I'll entice them onto The Athletic uh, uh, eventually. Uh, thank you for making me feel more intelligent today. Whenever you and I agree, it makes me feel like a more intelligent person than I am. So I greatly <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, at Eno Saris on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, enjoy baseball, man. I look forward to catch, uh, catching up with you down the road. Thanks for hopping on this morning. All right. Thanks for having me. Eno Saris from The Athletic with us here on GCR. Boy, it feels good when a smart guy agrees with you. Because like, I know I'm stupid. Like, I know I don't know anything about what I'm talking about. I'm just BSing my way through this because I don't have any other, I don't have any actual skills. So when Eno's like, yeah, that the, the piggyback thing makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, you got two guys that are innings guys at the top of your rotation now, and it's just crazy. I mean, all the stuff that they look at, like at eighty pitches, is when guys start losing it, and then the Ray, of course, the Rays. They're like immediately well, pull their guys. As as well, to 80. what are we gonna do? And I get it. Like I, 
it, I don't think that that should just be Bible. I don't think that everybody should be immediately pulled at 80, 80 innings. I don't think Kyle, or 80 pitches. I don't think Kyle Gibson should be pulled from every start at 80 pitches. But it really makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, they're a little bit depleted in the bullpen to start the season. But to the point, I don't think there's anything wrong with essentially saying Tyler Wells and and Grayson Rodriguez are a starter. We have basically a six-man rotation, and those two guys are handling it. And also, you have a few off days at the beginning of the season on top of everything else to try to help you as you get towards when some of these guys in the bullpen might come back. But, you know, they're doing what they're doing, and I, you know, nothing from that's. I hope it works out. I hope that Grayson Rodriguez is quickly reestablishes himself and his dominance, yeah, is I, right back up to the big leagues, is a great starting pitcher, and, you know, gives you a backup plan if one of these guys isn't able to follow up on the success they had from a year ago. That's... Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's really bad one way or the other. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to see him on the opening day roster, and they want to see him from the get-go. But, I mean, it doesn't sound... From everyone we talk to, it doesn't really sound like it's the end of the world that, you know, he'll come in the end of April either, if, if it right. even takes that long. Right. Correct. Yeah. So. All right, let's do uh, fighting words here. Fighting words brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox. Gunnar Henderson's on the cover. Only a couple weeks left for you to get your hands on this print issue of Pressbox. Available at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all. Pressboxonline.com. Go get it today. All right. What's going on? There was a disappointment for Tucker Lutz. We didn't. Yeah. I don't really want to talk about that. God. Yeah. Uh, That that was was brutal. That Um, was brutal, man. Yeah. I unfortunately watched it at the gym. Aye. I, yeah. I, well, all I'll say about that is I've I've seen him train better than that. Um, he's punched me in the face better than okay. That. Wow. So he yeah. might he might be interested in doing that again after <laughs> what happened on Saturday. It might be that you Blow get a, some steam. Yeah, you get a phone call. <laughs> hey man, uh, you up for me punching you in the face? <laughs> yeah, up for that? That was what it was. He'll bounce back. He got the shortest suspension on the whole uh, card. I was. Just doing research for this. For those uh, that don't know, you get a medical yeah. suspension um, when you when you lose a fight. Mm. Like you're not allowed to just turn around and be like, "Well, I want to fight again in two weeks." Uh, okay, yeah. In order to protect yourself for health reasons, you get medical suspension. Yeah. So the lowest mandatory is eight or nine days. Um, he got either one of those, and then his opponent actually got. Like six or nine months, I think it comes <laughs> back in September. Does it? Have, I mean, it probably has to do with because he's what, like almost forty-two. The guy. So, he's had previous fight anyway. He's had um, yeah. previous uh, issues with uh, performance enhancing, uh, specifically Adderall. Oh, yes. um, okay. So yes. Didn't like what, like that, three or four of his PFL fights get? Yeah, maybe I think it was only that's two. Got I don't a know. Big thing to do with it. Um, two of them got like no con, no contested. <laughs> Where's our guy Tuck? Clean, you know, he can mm-hmm. get right back into it. Let's 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 get going. Um, yeah. Uh, talking about uh, a little bit of tank this week. Um, they had a rehydration clause included into the uh, contract. Um, that very much favors tank. Um, Wait, what is that? I don't understand what that means. What does that mean? Uh, so a rehydration clause. Um, yeah. I got a quote off uh, uh, somebody just explaining it. Uh, we don't know what time uh Ryan Garcia specifically has to weigh in the day of the fight. Uh, it's probably going to be in the morning. Uh, you have to rest. Uh, you still have to have the rest of the day to add a little bit more weight into your s- system, but this rehydration clause so pretty much adds a second cut. 
to the next day that you're still making weight and you still have to make weight the day of the fight basically so okay. you make weight um just like you would for any other fight so the thought is that ryan garcia would have cut a ton of weight to weigh in the day before and then, and then add would a bunch have of put a ton of weight on in a very short amount of time before the fight and the rehydration clause basically caps out what weight you can be at the day of the fight That's interesting yeah. I, I don't i this is boy this is getting into science yeah. now you know what i mean like this is a little bit above my pay grade but um, obviously ryan garcia is a bigger man so um so it's like what do they bought what do they fight at? we're boxing at they're f- boxing at uh one 136 okay yeah. okay so the it looks like it's like a 10 pound yeah. yeah okay so they can't weigh more than 146 the morning of mm-hmm. essentially but he could still put weight on between yeah. that weigh in and yeah. The fight. So and this is this is where causes speculation of when will specifically what time will that day of the weigh right? I don't know right. why how much happen. how much time would he have between that and the fight in order to put weight on? And of course, what what does that do to you to try to put so much on? Yeah. It's such a it's one thing if you've got the better part of two days, like if you got from midday Friday to late Saturday night in order to try to put some weight on, but. If you're cutting it down to a few hours on Saturday, there is, there's going to be a limit to what you can do to your body. Again, this is not an area of expertise yeah. for me. I don't know I've why they don't cover been... this in the creeds or the Rocky movies. Like this, is... this would be more fascinating <laughs> for like a like a, a doc. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That like I just because I don't watch. Just call uh, it rehydration or something. Something like that for me to like see what it is that it looks like for a boxer between even an MMA fighter. You know? Yeah, anybody, yeah. a wrestler, whoever mm-hmm. it is, between weigh-in, Fri- weigh-in Friday and, and the actual fight or the actual match. Like yeah. I. It would be fascinating. I would be really <laughs> fascinated by what those hours look like. And it's something that I've, I've interviewed a lot of these guys, but never have specifically had that conversation. Like, what are you doing? And I know that, like, a lot of this, is, it's not somebody would say, were they going to an Italian restaurant? Like, no, they're, <laughs> they're using, like, weight gainers, you know, things like that in order to pull this off. But I don't know, man. What does that do to your body? Right. How comfortable are you in those situations? What was the fight? It was Wilder Fury, where Fury put on a ton of weight. And then half of his strategy was just to lean on Wilder for the entire fight and be like, yo, you can hold my weight. And then Wilder already wore that, like, shield Oh, that absurd, armor. yeah, right? But <laughs> so. I, just, I just remember that being, like, the story of the fight was Tyson Fury just being like, yeah. bro, I put on, like, 40 more pounds. Enjoy them. Enjoy <laughs> Here you go. You get to carry those pounds for me. I'm just going to lean on you for the entire fight and wear you down because of it and... That actually is exactly what happened and made it an easy win for him at that point. All right, what else? Um, I'll just a look, just a little bit more if about you that were fight. Forced, um, if you were forced to put on 10 pounds in a day. Oh, my God. Me right now? Yeah. <laughs> How would you I attempt could. to go about doing it? What would your strategy be <laughs> I to guess try I'd to put 10 pounds on? Grab a couple rotisserie chickens and... <laughs> water, water, yeah. water, yeah. water. Water, water. Doesn't water... I mean, I could but be don't wrong, you but like, to, don't you, you pee like, it you, out? Yeah, you pee yeah. it out. It's like, doesn't water kind of defeat the purpose? Yeah, that's how I like. I know this is a fact. Water, well, I've water, water and a lot of salty food. I, I've referenced this now twice. Re- he's bre- he's getting the big push today. My buddy AJ, who of course is top dollar in WWE, he has lost like legitimately a hundred pounds over the last year, and it's just water, 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 mm-hmm. water, 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 and peeing all of the time. Yeah, because I saw Chris Pratt did something like Chris Pratt has to lose weight, had to lose weight for roles obviously in the past and but in, like he was just chugging I, water. I, I'm, and, I'm, like, I miss Andy Dwyer, Chris yeah, Pratt. Yes. I miss that guy. I want him back in my so life. We got somewhere. Super Mario Chris Pratt. Yeah, it's not for me. That one will not be for me. <laughs> but yeah, I, the lead up to this fight, um 
It'll come at a price. Uh, they released the pay-per-view price. Uh, it's going to be $85. Well, or $84.99. Ten more dollars than uh, what Benavidez and Plant was at last mm. weekend. And Davis's last fight against Hector. Perryville going to have this Garcia. one? <laughs> I don't even have to check in with them. Uh, a couple things on that. One, I mean, that's it's sort of like his way, their way of saying, well, you wanted him to fight you know, someone more legitimate. You're going to have to pay for that. Like, that's the way. You're getting the, we gave you the fight you wanted. You got to pay for that. Now, this is under Showtime, by the way. This is never going to be my you know, area. I'll never pay $85 for a fight again in my life. Um, I will either go to an establishment to enjoy the fight or I'll, yeah. if, if the schedule doesn't allow, I just won't watch the fight and then I'll find out about it the next day and that'll be the way that it goes. I'd like to. You know, I'd prefer to watch the fight, obviously, but there's just yeah. no worry. I mean, I'm either going to do it. And let's like have like a group of like I guess at least five people that all want to watch. It. I was I was talking about this. The other or day. I'm going to do the unkosher way, and you know, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't steal. Um, Darren Rovell tweeted that like tickets in the upper deck for the final four have crashed under a hundred dollars. Wow. And like that sounds like a big deal, and then you're like, dude, who is spending even a hundred dollars to sit in the upper deck of a foot of an NFL, NFL stadium? Football. Yeah, that's what people to watch a basketball in. game. Yeah. It's terrifying that anyone would ever pay that much money. Uh, Brian Powell tried to call me out like, you're telling me if this was Maryland back then, you wouldn't have done the same thing? For for over $100? I, I mean... I, I don't know. When in 2002, I was poor, right? So, right. Like, I, I don't know what I would have paid. If if they crashed, I, like, uh, another friend said they've crashed even further than that. Like, they're down to, like, $50. I'm like, all right. I could see when I was in college being like, this is such a big deal. Fine. Whatever the cost is, I'll, I'll do it. I'll pay... Whatever number I have to pay just to say that I'm there. As a 40-year-old man, no chance in all hell. Yeah, it's well, very ever. Like, yeah, I would, and, and my buddy Brandon and I were actually going back and forth. Like, how much would you have to pay me now to sit in the upper deck of an <laughs> NFL stadium to watch a basketball game? And the number is at least three digits. Like, if you said I'll pay you $75. No, not doing that. If it, for free if for it's sure. a game I didn't, if it was a game I didn't care about, like if it was this weekend, and like if the Final Four was in Baltimore this weekend at a domed stadium, and you said I'll pay you seventy five dollars to watch Florida Atlantic take, I, by the way, for a second I just blanked that it was San Diego State take on San Diego State, and I had nothing else to do, maybe <laughs> I still wouldn't want to. I, I still easy. would That's say easy. there's a bu- – well, I got the Ed Block Courage Awards this weekend, so it wouldn't be an option. I would still be – I would have to really consider what my options are because it just sounds like such a miserable way. If it was a game I cared about, if you said – if Maryland was in the Final Four this weekend playing San Diego State and it was in Baltimore and you said, I'll pay you $75 to sit in the upper deck of an NFL stadium to watch the basketball game, I would say not a chance in hell because I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't feel anything. In those moments, I need to actually be able to watch the game. Maryland playing in Baltimore, though. It sounds cool. Uh, yeah. Like it sounds I mean, like a thing until you get there and you're up there and you're like, I'm not even at the same event. I I, I can't do it any longer. I went to a Billy Joel concert at Nationals Park. Anybody who's ever been to Nationals Park knows the upper deck at Nationals Park is more miserable than the upper deck at any other baseball stadium. You're so detached. There's just no connection whatsoever. I I was invited for free to a Billy Joel show at Nationals Park years ago. And we were in the. Let's make it clear. You did not pay for this. I did not. First, well, I, it goes to show how angry I was. First row of the upper deck, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm good with just leaving." Like it, Billy Joel. I wasn't at the concert. <laughs> I was somewhere else. 
they and I know people paid trade it. stuff. Yes, <laughs> I was I mean, across the street watching a concert. Over an Audi. <laughs> I can't do that. There's no world. It, again, when I was a child, whatever, I did reckless things. But as an adult, not a chance. Yeah. You're a child. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you're. Well, if you're saying you would do it, that's because. Well, I mean, I'm telling you. Well, the, so the UFC event that's in New Jersey the, in, the, in yeah. May, uh, the upper deck tickets were like four hundred. But that's in an that's arena. The yeah. There's a big difference right. between the upper deck yeah, of an well, I mean, arena. I, I'm not going to make it. And then. the upper deck of a football. <laughs> the upper deck of a football stadium is fine for football, and some of the upper deck of a football stadium is fine for football. The further you go up, the more difficult it is. The more you're like, why am I here? Um, but some of the upper deck is fine for football. If you sat in the upper deck at University of Maryland, it's not fine for football. It stinks to be in the upper deck yeah. at the University of Maryland. At M&T Bank, it's not quite as bad because the stadium was built in a more natural way. It's not so far detached. We sat low in the upper deck for that preseason game I took my kids to last year, and like it felt like you were at the game. You upper know, deck of FedEx, you're like oh, on the moon. For God's sakes, <laughs> you're in outer space. And these 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 dome stadiums, like in Houston, get the hell out of here. Like you're not gonna feel like you're at the game in any way. You're just gonna be, other than the fact that other people are gonna be wearing clothes that like signify that you're at the game. No chance. But the arena, it's totally different. Like you can't compare the upper deck of an arena to the upper deck of a football stadium for a basketball game. Not man, no chance. I don't know how we got there. Oh, the pay per view price. Pay-per-view price. Ridiculous. I mean, what are we doing? Like, who? what human being is saying, that's a good way for me to spend $85, $85. is for me oh. to not be there. <laughs> like, that's, let's do that. Yeah, it's rough, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's a big no. <laughs> big no. I don't want to admit no. to illegal activity. But don't like, it's, don't it's rough say out it. There. Don't say it. Don't yeah, say but it. I guess transitioning to that, that goes into the fight that was $75 this weekend. Uh, um, Benavidez beat Caleb Plant. Um, right. That I only included because... There was some controversy ta- there. Yeah. Um, well, not really much. Uh, I mean, it was a clean it was a clean performance by Benavidez. Um, he kind of he started to beat on him a little bit, got that jab going. Um, Gervonta and Mayweather were there. Um, they kind of... Uh, linked up, uh, watched a couple fights together, apparently a squash, whatever they had going on between them. Um, I guess other than that, uh, UFC San Antonio also happened. Controversy in the main event there. Uh, split Is decision. Oh, that's what I, that's what I was there? thinking. Not split decision somehow. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah well, yeah, because San Hagen dominated. Yeah, uh, a lot of people were not happy about uh, Cheeto winning uh, on some people's cards. Um it's uh, creating a lot of controversy between the judging and um, refereeing. Uh, apparently, Dan Mergliata was one of the judges that's right, for yeah. one of the fights, um, for a couple of the fights there, and he's a ref. And then they had uh, another ref that refed um, in Fury FC the night before, and he had a really bad blunder of not oh, yeah. seeing a guy yeah, tap nearly in a letting triangle the guy choke. die. And then, like the dude woke up, and he's like, woke up in an arm bar, and they're like, yeah, yeah, it was rough. yeah, yeah, that was that. Yeah, was I didn't really even bad. get the video because that that's that's just a hard watch. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all you hear is just the guy. Like, like it wouldn't be good. The, the for commentator, the commentator's like, what are they doing? Yeah. What are they doing? You just hear the commentators just. He's like literally panicking. screaming at the ref. Right. He's, he's out. Yeah. He's out. Was, yeah, uh, yeah. That was tough. Holly Holm won. She. That's good to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last fight I wanted to include on this card, uh, Nate Landwehr won. God, I Nate love the Nate. train. Nate right. the train. Nate the train. Right, Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, 
he's gonna he's gonna become like one of those kind of like uh, he's good on the microphone, you know. So he okay, I yeah. could see him top end becoming like a Dustin Poirier type, where like wow, he's that's just a like high a, ceiling. But he uh. he boxes, he grapples. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah like he I think he can get some big fights coming up. That's the only reason why. Okay, yeah. marketable guy. So. Right. Yeah, and then last thing uh, for my like WTF moment, uh, Tim Duncan and. Uh, uh, God, I'm blanking on his name now. What was his teammate? My manager, Tony, Nobly. It wasn't uh, Tony Parker, was it? The other center. Uh, David Robinson. David Robinson. David Robinson. I'm so sorry. He went to Navy. Yes, like, he did. Come on now. That's a fact. Tim, Tim, Robin, uh, Tim Duncan and David Robinson were at the event, um, and Luke Rockhold took the chance to like have a grappling match with <laughs> Tim Duncan backstage. Okay. Uh, and Tim Duncan... Um, Kind of showed him up. It was actually I mean, really funny. Tim Duncan's six eleven. He's six eleven, and he trains mixed martial arts. Yeah, so I, I don't mean, think what the hell? Luke Rockhold knew like, what he was getting into. Like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> the guy's six eleven. Jesus, that's stupid. All right, very good. Thank you, Charles. Of Appreciate course. it. When we come back in, we'll get a two bit, and we'll get two bit to wrap it up. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC has great news for you. We have funding available for short-term career programs like project management starting this March. Gain valuable skills to advance your career and get back on track. With CCBC's project management program, you'll learn how to effectively plan, organize, and execute projects. This is your chance to make a positive change in life. Contact us at 443-840-2222 or online ccbcn.com md.edu for more information. CCBC Project Management. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career 
career for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online. And you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. I mentioned Stan the Fan will be in tomorrow with Griffin. And tonight, Stan and Gary Stein will be chatting with Jeff Zrebeck. Of course, the Athletic Ravens beat writer. You will be able to find that at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Then tomorrow, if you miss it live, pressboxonline.com slash video, youtube.com slash pressboxonline as well. Stand the fan, Gary Stein and Jeff Zrebeck. You will want to check that out. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right. So uh, all 30 teams are uh, on, on track to play today So for, for opening day, and that will be only, this is from Sarah Lang's, uh, on Twitter, uh, so if they do, it'll be the first time since 1968, just because of rainouts and stuff, that like th- that all every single team in the league will play opening day on the same day. That's first time since 1968. So normally they try to do a game the night before they went, and it's weird that they didn't do that this year. Like mm-hmm. they've normally tried to do like a separated national TV game the night before for someone, you know, whoever it was, whether it was. You know, the like World the Series Yan- champ yeah. in the year before, the Yankee, you know, just something Kinda that the they thought it, yeah. like Fox would get that game or ESPN would get that game. They've tried to do that over the years. Sometimes they try to stagger it. That I, I don't I don't know why it is that they uniformed it this year, but um, it's mildly interesting. Yes. Uh, and then MLB Stats also just tweeted out the uh, teams with the best winning percentage ever on opening day. Um, and it goes back about like 60 years. So, so who do you think you can name who has... The highest winning percentage. I've already peaked, so I'm out of it. But yeah, you're sure. I just want to do. I just want to do the quick. Quick. The the single team is what I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, let's do the top three because top uh, three. You should know that one of that one. There's a team uh, relevant. The Orioles. Orioles are top three. I think I remembered hearing that at one point years ago. The Orioles happened to be good on five ninety two winning percentage on opening day. The other, I, again, I'm just guessing teams. The 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 Cubs, no. the Red Sox. Cubs oh, it's sta- not the Staples. The yes, yeah, it's not the Staples. Okay, I, think I mean, I don't know. The, what? Okay, I guess it, I guess it's kind of random. <laughs> the Cubs. Marlins, not the Marlins. The Athletics, not the Athletics. The Mariners, Mariners are second. Hey, <laughs> the 609. Royals, not the Royals. This the is an NL team. The uh, the Diamondbacks, not the Diamondbacks. The Mets, the Mets. Hey, one. he's trying to convince you on the Staples, <laughs> the Mariners and the Mets. Yeah, those are big, big. I big, mean, they're big, both teams big, that we think are going to make the playoffs teams. this year. You're right about that. <laughs> uh, all right, and then also Russell Westbrook uh, last night became the first player in NBA history to have a thirty the, the point ten assist last game. night. Nothing else matters. Suns won. Well, Russell Westbrook uh, did something won. that no one else has ever done in the history of the NBA. Eh. Thirty yeah, points. Yeah, Twitter 10 assists, up a little bit. fifth team, or fifth, he's the first player ever to do this with five different teams, 30 points and 10 assists. <laughs> I mean, that's not just because he did it with more teams. Well, I mean, <laughs> at this point, everyone plays on, a, you know, 10 I teams. I not not entirely true. 
Yeah, Thunder Pat Rockets, do that. Yeah. Wizards, Lakers, and Clippers. Yes. For Russell Westbrook. Also last night, uh, Drew Holiday. Okay, so it was the first time ever a team had a 50-point score in uh, Drew Holiday. He had 50 point, 52, I think, last mm-hmm. night. And then a 35-point triple-double by two different players on the same team as Giannis had a 35-point triple-double. Okay. First time ever teammates have done that okay. on the same team. Interesting. Um, and he, Drew Holiday also became the oldest Bucks player to ever score 50. How old is Drew Holiday? He's like only 32. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I didn't think he was like ancient. Um, but it did get me thinking about, you know, the oldest players to ever score 50. I want to see if you can name the – there oh, are I'm, eight players. Almost seven players who have scored right, Hang on. Seven? Who have scored 35 – or they're 35 years old. LeBron. LeBron is on the list, yes. Is Last year, Crawford uh, on the list? Jamal Crawford is the oldest player to go. ever Nicely score done. 50. The Nicely oldest. Done. April 2019, uh, he was 39 uh, years old. Miguel Jordan. Uh, he is second on the list, 38 points with the Wiz. Uh, or excuse I said 38 points. He was 38 years old. Kobe. Yes. Kobe. Kobe yes, is third on the list when he was 37. Back in, I guess, the, yeah, that was uh, his 60, final game. Yes, yeah. correct. Dirk. Oh, so LeBron's on it twice, so it is only six players. Oh, 50 yeah. for Dirk, though. That's um, yeah, not Dirk. I'm looking for two more. And at that point in his career, Dwayne Wade wasn't really doing that either. Paul Pierce. Not Paul Pierce. So one of them is an active player. One of them is an old, an older player from... Uh, he did this in the 80s. The late 80s, actually, because he was older. Late 80s. With the... Pete Maravich, mm, I don't know. No, the late 80s. The late 80s. Larry Bird. Not Larry Bird. He's with the Nuggets. With the Nuggets when he scored. Alex English? Alex English in March 1989 with the Nuggets. Dropped 50. And you're saying the, the other one active. is active? Mm-hmm. Who's third? Who's active? And he, it's because he literally just turned 35. Which I know, which probably doesn't really help he's you. Like but just getting out of his prime. I was gonna say mellow, so it's KD. Not, but he's not active. KD's not KD. How old's KD? He's not thirty five. Yeah, like thirty three maybe. Yeah, he's more like that. Thirty three, yeah, thirty four. Katie's 34. Steph Curry. Steph Curry, yes. He was uh, 35. Really 35 already? Yeah. 35 I knew he was older than Katie. Uh, about two weeks ago, he added his yeah. name to this list because he's dropped uh, 50. Yeah, like 50 against the. That makes me <laughs> sad because it makes me realize we're not going to get that much of more of Steph Curry. I know, like, yeah. like, I got to be preparing for a life without Steph Curry to entertain me in June and July. <laughs> That's why we need the Orioles to be better. <laughs> so I need to be okay with it. Steph Curry, just, it's such an. To, with all due respect to the guys that are bigger. Like you're supposed to be this good. It's just not all that impressive to me. Like that you're that much. Im- Steph Curry. It will never make any sense that Steph Curry is this good at basketball, and that's what made me enjoy watching him so much over the years. Like I, I'm not a Warriors fan. I don't root for them. I'm just like, damn, this is a good but way. It's to- like you know, as it, soon as you turn on a Warriors, if game, I got to spend my, like- if this is what I'm spending my night watching, I'm, I'm in good shape. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I'm going to be highly entertained. Yeah, if they're at home. That's the best regular season game you can watch. A Warriors I, game, I, even like, like you just can't dis- deny it. It is, it is fun, man. Yeah. It's fun. All right, Tubular brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com/slash/offers, and of course, with baseball season being underway, you can, for the first time in history, bet from your phone here in the state of Maryland for baseball games. Go to PressBoxOnline.com/slash/offers for the best sportsbook offers and incentives, so you can start winning today. Get up to one thousand dollars in a deposit bonus match, plus a fifty-dollar free bet with DraftKings. Just go to PressBoxOnline.com/offers right now to claim your incentive, 
Orioles-Red Sox, 2 o'clock on Masson 2 today. Kyle Gibson and Corey Kluber, the pitching matchup. Gunnar Henderson batting fifth. Oh, you have the lineup? Yes. What's the lineup? Uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh thank you for that. How they end up on Masson too? Are the Nats, Nats on are Masson on, one? Have one of, just because the game starts earlier is what I would have to guess. Uh, uh, Cedric's leading off. Adley, and they're at home. Adley is batting second. Third is Santander. Okay. And then I forget who was fourth. I'm just trying to okay. memorize it. We'll keep going, and then you find the lineup. ESPN, White Sox, Astros is seven. Masson, uh, Braves Nationals at one. It's also an MLB network if you happen to live in San Francisco and New York. So, Ben, in San Francisco, if you really want to watch the Braves and Nationals, great news, buddy. <laughs> uh, MLB network has Giants, Yankees at one. Phillies, Rangers at five. Angels, Athletics at ten. NBC Sports, Washington for Capitals, Lightning at seven. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Hurricanes, Red Wings at 730. Ducks, Kraken at ten. TNT. Celtics Bucks 7:30, Pelicans Nuggets at 10, ESPN2 for the college slam dunk and three-point championships tonight at 7:30, and then the NIT championship game as we mentioned, UAB in North Texas at 9:30. A lot 9:30. of good stuff on tonight. Look, like yeah. opening day, dunk contest. Well, the it's with never, the it's never anybody yeah. you've ever heard of in those well, events. Nah, yeah, but the people there do go nuts. So will it, like, be in it. With all this, no, this McDonald's. is the college one. Oh, college. This is, okay. They did the high school one last night. Yeah. This is the college one. You've never ever heard of any of these players that are involved in the college. Was Matt McClung in it last year? Like, well, he wasn't in last year for sure. But the or they, whatever, what, yeah, whatever his whatever. last year. Uh, anyway, go. I don't know. Hang on, hang <laughs> on. Then you can. I'll cue you. Chill. <laughs> Golf Channel for the uh, Augusta National Women's Amateur Round 2 at 1.30. Then the Texas Open gets underway at 4. Tennis Channel for more of the Miami Open at 1. It's it's a weird, it's a complicated story. American Chris Eubanks is in the quarterfinals, the Miami Open. And, like, that's, that's a, great. That's a big deal because this is a huge event. I mean, this is a monster event uh, in the tennis tour. But, like, his best win was Borna Korich to get to the quarterfinals. It's a name I recognize. Greg Rosenthal good. and I were tweeting about or texting each other about it last night. Like, it's for him, it's the most amazing moment of his career by far to be in the quarterfinals of the Miami Open. The Miami Open is everybody except Novak Djokovic because he wasn't allowed to come to the country. The Miami Open is the entire. Why is he not allowed in the country? It's a whole thing. The Miami Open is the, the like everybody plays in that. It is of the the events behind the, the four majors. It is as big of a deal as you can get. Who wouldn't want to go there? Dude's in the quarterfinals. And yet I'm like, yeah. But I don't think he's actually proving that he's a player. He beat Dennis Kudla and Bor- Borna Koric. Like, it's a it's cool that everyone kind of broke for him. He's 26. Yeah. It's yeah. just not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I wish it was. I wish it mattered. There is a big match tonight, though. Carlos Alcaraz, Taylor Fritz is tonight in Miami. That's a good one. And then uh, Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Now, the lineup for tonight. This afternoon is Cedric in center. Yes, Adley behind the plate. Yes. Santander in left. Mountcastle at first, and then Gunner will be DHing batting fifth. Uh, Ramon Arias gets to start at third. Austin Hayes in right. Adam Frazier will be starting at second base, batting eighth, and then Jorge Mateo. Interesting. Why is Frazier playing today? I guess got to think about. I guess What's the matchup. Uh, let's see. It's Corey right. Kluber on the mound. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice. More lefties. So um, there you go. Brett Goldstein's going to be on uh, Kimmel tonight. Uh, of course, Roy Kent. I have not been able to watch the third episode yet. Oh, I liked it. It was good. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I will wa- I, I'm going to get there. All right. uh, Paul Shear. Flava Flav was tweeting about it. Because I it? guess that they, did they reference Flava Flav in the episode? Is that. Not that I remember. <laughs> there was something about it. Like, I saw a meme going around about. Ted Lasso talking about a public enemy concert. Oh, yes. Yeah, like, he did. Yeah. He did. Uh, and so, Flav, was a and enemy so Flava Flav was yeah. tweeting about it. I'm like, spoilers! <laughs> spoilers! Just came out today, you son of a bitch. So you got to get up at 3 a.m. to watch it yeah, Wednesday morning. That. So that, can't do that. Um, Practical Jokers is going to have uh, Paul Shear, the guy from uh, the league, yeah. Andre. Yeah, I like Paul Shear. <laughs> He's going to be on Practical yeah. Jokers tonight. 
uh, Prom Pact, the Julie Bowen, Ju- yeah, That's the Julie right, Bowen right. executive produced movie is on Disney and Disney Plus. Unstable series premiered on Netflix. It looks kind of dumb if you ask me, but Rob Lowe's in it, and he like is like I don't know. It's, they're talking about his like relationship. It's, it's comedy. And he's talking about his relationship with his son. His his real life son plays his son. How about that in the movie okay. or in the show? Okay. Um, and then that's pretty much it. Rap Caviar presents a new series on Hulu based on like the Spotify playlist Rap Caviar. Okay. And they're just gonna like highlight you know the current state of the rap game kind of. Right, very good. That's interesting to me. So thank you. Very You're good. Welcome. Very yes. good. People were kind of upset because. They were like talking about in the trailer. They were like, "It's the best era of women's rap," and everyone's like, "Without Nikki, mm. how's it the best era of women's mm. women's rap?" You, so you, you yeah, disagree? I, I disagree. But then, what do you think is the best era of women's I rap? Think early tens, I guess. Nineties, early two thousand. With Lil Kim and and Eve and when you actually had like Salt and Pepper. The brat was still hanging like around. The at that main point. Sh- the, the Salt and Pepper was a little bit before that. Mm. The mainstream artists, like the ones who got public attention, were like actually somewhat lyricist i mean okay. that, today it's more of like so you're saying you're not a cardi b guy not a cardi meg? b not uh, a nikki not a meg sweetie not a uh, actually probably <laughs> sweetie above all of that all right fair enough fair enough <laughs> personal choice but all right it's the best looking era of women's rappers by far for sure that's yeah. for sure although maybe, i guess that's I, what you know what you know what it, it, it can't be because missy was so much better than any of these and i mean that yeah. M- Missy is better than anyone that we just listed. Like Missy is an iconic artist. Yeah, and I say she leads the charge yeah. for the right. era that I. I'm I'm with you on yeah. that. Like I, I'm more so to me than Lil Kim or or Foxy Brown or to Brad or anybody like that. Yeah. Missy is a transcendent, eternal musician. Like mm-hmm. that 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 stands out. How do you consider right, well, then maybe Lizzo don't. in this conversation? Because she's, she's like, rapper, con- right? well, but she does sometimes. It's one of those uh. weird, like. She's a pop star. I agree with that, but she it's not like she doesn't rap. She, she she's kind of got like a a Janet feel to her for the time that I'm interesting. including. It's interesting. But obviously size wise. But she's more of a rapper than a she's more different. of a rapper than Janet was. Like Janet was more of a singer. Yeah. I know that Lizzo does a lot of singing. That's mm-hmm. very interesting. I don't know how to I don't know how to have this. So maybe don't watch this since they claim that this is the right, best whatever, era of whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right. Thanks today. It was a busy day. Thanks to Eno Saris. Thanks to Ryan Ripkin. Thanks to Jameis Winston, who was so cool. I God, I wish the sound wouldn't have been an issue because he was so cool, man. That was such a fun conversation. Uh, uh thanks to Christian Horton and Chad Ryder. Chad Ryder from NFL.com. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. You and Stan tomorrow. Adam Gladstone, former MV umpire. We'll talk some baseball. It was with him. Uh, and then also uh, Don Marcus wrote about the Terps for a long time for the Baltimore Suns. Yeah. So we'll talk I think some he's Terps. Some stuff Willard. for the Baltimore Banner now, too, oh, actually. Talk to him about it. All right. Stuff and things. Stuff and things. Lamar- Lamometer. Lamometer, yes. Lamarometer will be updated by Stan tomorrow. Very good. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, CCBC, Birdland Sports, Glory Days Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, Guilford Hall Brewery. They've got a big event coming up on Monday night. They're going to be open for the NCAA championship game, uh, food and drink specials during the game, and AYCD beer for $25. The game will be aired on that 22-foot video screen at Guilford Hall Brewery. Make sure you check that out. All right, thanks to Prince Charles at charles.ap28 on Instagram, at griffin underscore bass on Twitter. Thanks to Griffin. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Birds! Duke sucks.